Hello and welcome to Boarding Party's D&D Campaign. Featuring Bentley Woods CJ D. Blackwater Milo Reuter and Phoebe Wilhelm. I'm Drew, the Game Master for the Laris region. The Lunar War is won, and the region will survive. In our final goodbye to our heroes, they reveal how the rest of their lives will play out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the boarding party. Session 150, the last one with the tots. When last we left off, it was at the end of an incredibly long and emotionally taxing day. The end of which Milo paid the ultimate price to make sure that his friends could get out. And as the final cannon shots and general teamwork destroy the lunar invasion forces, as the dust settles and the smoke clears, the people of Ambercrag begin to realize that the war is over. They look out over the devastated landscape. They no longer see a looming threat to their existence. Now they just see the scars on the land that will be slow to heal. But for some, this war ended at too great of a cost. As Wadsworth holds the lifeless body of Milo, he casts aside his blade and falls into tears. Monty lands very solemnly to shelter his allies from the smoke with a tailwind. Bronwyn is the first to leave the medical center, dragging Dr. Hansen in tow. In a serious tone, she demands the doctor see to her son immediately in denial of the outcome. And as Chamberlain and Toby sit beside a hospital bed, efforts to resuscitate Milo are unsuccessful. Gadsby hovers overhead, awaiting the departed soul of Milo, but it never arrives. Tom and Helen are quietly embracing Bentley, rejoicing that their son lives, but understanding the gravity of the situation. Undertow and Craig Blackwater look to Dee with a silent and knowing stare. Tito finds his way to Phoebe's side, but his usual jubilation gives way to a somber peace. He lacks the words to comfort because he knows what has been lost. And in the wake of devastation in the fields, thousands of newly departed souls funnel into the tombstone that now rests in CJ's palm. But the cold weight of that stone, made much heavier by the burden that now falls to you, what to do with so much potential. I'm going to pass it off to everyone else now. In the immediate fallout, tater tots for the true last time. Take it away, gang. Who wants to start it? Uh, I'll go. Um, yeah, D will kind of just be be with Wadsworth and um, Bronwyn and stuff like that and give 
his you know immediate condolences but tells him that he will do what he can if he can to possibly fix it as he'd probably spend because what to make the synthetic ambrosias i need to do it within seven days you have 10 days from right now if you can crack true ambrosia yeah the synthetic stuff can't bring back the dead yeah yeah he he would probably and, and if it does work or if it doesn't work he'd probably spend the next two months trying to do it because he would probably drive himself insane losing somebody that close to him. I Phoebe would help D try to make an ambrosia. Tell me on it. Telling me that you're trying doesn't doesn't crack it. Tell me how you well, do it. <laughs> if you say you tried paper clips and chewing gum, I that mean... was it. That was the code. I I mean I remember talking to Lord Ridgemont before, wasn't it? Oh about it and he was saying it was so like it takes hundreds longer, of it takes years. much longer than a mortal life to brew yeah um <laughs> so first so we gotta first, find the fountain of youth right yeah first we gotta live to be 200 years old let's bring in Troy Tia ask him once he'll say yes and then we can move on <laughs> no, I don't think so that's the problem he had three yeah oh total oh he okay. gave them all to you already right 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 But I'm all ears if you have ideas for it. Yeah. This will be fun. For the audience at home, I don't know what most of their epilogues are. So I'm going to find out alongside you guys as we kind of buzz through. But sometimes we're going to grind to a halt because how are you going to do it? How are you going to crack it? Um, D would immediately, knowing Undertow is this crazy ethereal being, he would ask him if he knew of anything or know someone or something to do it. And if so, how and what can I do or give to him in order to have that? Make a persuasion check at disadvantage. But he's an aquatic creature, so advantage. Do I get my D4 still? I'll give you a D4, <laughs> but... So disadvantage. That's... Uh-oh. That's not... Okay. Uh... I think my persuasion's like... Plus 10. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Plus 25. I recently became a warlock. I respect my character. I have uh, 22 charisma, please. It's Plus a fi- 22. 15. 15? Yeah. Undertone knows someone that could do it, mm-hmm. but they're not here. Does you'd have mean? to go You'd have to go somewhere else, and the last of those portals closed 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Oh, another world. Mm-hmm. He knows of one being that could possibly reverse this without Ambrosia. But you don't have hags in your world. God damn it. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of what he would need from you, more than you can give. Yeah, maybe oh, to get the hag? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right, Undertow is like, it's not about what, <laughs> what I want from you. It's about what the hag would take. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be... I mean, D's like immediate knowledge other than a scientific yeah. standpoint Cause, than anything. Because Perseus can jump in too and tell yeah. you, you, you don't take that deal. Yeah. Whatever they offer you is not enough. Yeah. I'm just doing hodgepodge desperate chemistry. 
that I know it, I know in the back of my mind it's not going to work. In a slight bit of revenge, rubbing berry wound <laughs> into my wound. <laughs> Chew it up. <laughs> like, I'm Does trying to feel better. Did it everybody spit it? Like, Holy I know, I know that it's pro- it's not going to happen in the back of my mind, but I'm just. Well, not with that attitude. You know. Just through rotten you never know, berries, you but create. that's my mentality of like, what do I have you to lose? On. Give me, give me an intelligence check at disadvantage. Of hodgepodgery. Back from life. Pretty good. The odds are very stacked against you, but yeah, we'll see. That's... I told you I'd give you a chance. Uh, I didn't on. say it was going to be a fair chance, but you get a chance. Roll your other one, because if you roll a two, your modifiers <laughs> that doesn't pointless. Matter. Oh, look at that the same no no or is it a two it's a 18. 12 an 18 you have a plus six mm-hmm. yes yeah. tv's real smart Ooh, now once you got the, once you got the crystal ball that intelligence went to 22 <laughs> you said you needed a hag <laughs> you're gonna become a hag i'm a hag now phoebe's a hag minnesota now. hag so i'll be a hag if you want me to be a hag Phoebe and D, through your collective <laughs> digging through the libraries yes. of the world, probably in Ridgemont's libraries as well, as he just looks on and like mostly apathy. Yeah, yeah. Because in his eyes, as he told me, he already gave you three. They were for something like this. As you're digging through and you realize... Ambrosia being the nectar of the gods. The gods departed your world shortly before the meteors fell. Mm. A key ingredient in Ambrosia is their blood. Mm. Specifically the blood of the staghorned goddess. It is in that it is in that revelation that the weight of the decision crashes on you and you realize even if you could none none of your supernatural ties have revealed anywhere that Milo might have gone Mm. you haven't seen a spirit there's no specter he's not in any tombstone he's not in Ridgemont Manor he's beyond everything anywhere you have looked on this plane and beyond you have not found a sign of him. Does Wadsworth still have like a psychic like sense of him or no? No. Okay. Soon as that blade went into his chest. Okay. Yeah, that's that's D's immediate thing. He'd yeah. probably spend weeks doing it. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, it's it it takes probably three weeks. To for it to finally sink in that there's probably nothing in this world that could yeah. pull him back from wherever he went. Yeah. Well, uh, in the immediate aftermath of that, CJ would stick around Amber Crag and support his friends and family, help everybody rebuild, do that sort of stuff. Um, taking up residence at the cave where it all started, down by the Riverside, um, and basically just reflect on everything and kind of really start to dwell on how it all started there and do his best to 
try and find Milo in his new role as like a new grave tender and see if he can guide him, but apparently coming up with very little. Um, but then that would kind of drive him to get deeper into what it meant to be a new grave tender and kind of start to experience that stuff along with Desmond. Um, and really start to get comfortable again with being of two worlds. Um, but then after a few months realized that staying here and focusing on just that while still being alive is not necessarily best for him or his Pokemon. So, um, he would start to move on and think about the other unsettled business he has with his actual family. Uh, in the immediate aftermath of the calamity that was the moon-touched invasion, the deaths of Pokemon companions Fang, Apophis, and Iris fresh on his mind, among countless others either killed or unaccounted for across the Laris region, and of course, Milo Ruder's martyr death to save the region, if not the planet, from certain doom, Bentley Woods huddled with his friends and cried. It was certainly not the first time Bentley Woods had shed tears on what became a hellacious journey, Starting out as a road to become champion of the Pokemon League, while avoiding CJ's Team Rocket family, of course, and snowballing into a fight for their very survival. Bentley made his way back to the Amber Craig Hospital, where he was permitted to stay in Rose's recovery room on a cot now that his childhood home had been destroyed. He reunited with his parents, who were able to escape the siege relatively unscathed. Helen Woods still suffered terrible migraines from the attacks she sustained from the LGM and Bahiam hordes to this day but she puts on a brave face for Tom and Bentley. Drip had been tending to Rose in his own way in her hospital room, and in the months to follow, Rose would get most of her strength back. Albeit, she'd likely never be battle-ready again and would enter pseudo-retirement, with as much fish and shrimp snacks as her heart desired. However, with fancy new steel prosthetics to replace what had been lost in the Oni attack, Bentley and Rose had been playing around with a new steel flipper move in secret. After Rose took Drip under her flippers, followed by Drip watching out for her in the hospital for her months on the mend, Rose once again adopted Drip as her son, training him to use Calming Waters, a move that gained even more utility in the aftermath of the invasion, as any remaining po people and Pokémon fled to the hospital for treatment, which, a few days after the siege of Ambercrag, included Apophis and Iris, as well as Luther, Klefki, and Copper. It turns out steel types could not be reduced to ash by the Lunar Lurchers. As for Bentley's ghost types, what is dead may never die, as they say. Iris was more coherent upon their return, mentally speaking, than Apophis, who was much younger and arguably evolved before his time was right given the dire circumstances. Iris aided Apophis in relearning things he needed to know to survive in a corporeal plane of existence. Drip was also a quick learner, just as he was with contests. He expressed to Bentley a desire to get stronger as the new tank and healer of the team, just as Rose had been in her heyday. Rose and Bentley trained Drip in defensive and healing tactics and continue to do so to hone his new skills. He still enjoys contests, but contest halls are few and far between. So just in the immediate aftermath, I'm dead. Next. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to tell you what I did. <laughs> Looks like you wrote a lot more there. Um, it's in bold. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah, I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. It I says I'm dead. All the rest is redacted. Over and over, over, over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just I, a government document. Uh, I had a lot written that I had to delete. But 
Anyway. Um, That's why I didn't write anything until we knew. <laughs> I was so confident in our strategy. Um, I was too. Fair. That was good. So, good plan. the team is devastated, obviously. Um, they're helping Wadsworth more than anything in the short term because he did the deed, and that is a, a burden he'll have to carry for the rest of his life, and they want to support him with that. But uh, first things first, the gang goes to say their goodbyes, and they go to Milo's family, who they've never really been on good terms with. Um, his parents have expressed to Milo that that has changed, but... Um, just with everything that was going on that wasn't ever properly conveyed directly. Um, so as a just a general sign of forgiveness, Monty gives over the ribbons to be like, hey, we did it. Um, but on that note, we're going to take that egg that Milo had. That is the future that he fought to protect. So we're going to take that with us. And they bid farewell Sands, Wadsworth, and Bullet are going to stay behind and work on some things with Phoebe, uh, but they will fly off for their three-month chunk. Okay. Um, as I read these little paragraphs, too, if you guys change your mind, want to jump in, let me know. But as the days roll on, cleanup is slow. There's thousands of small piles of rubble and countless tons of eldritch flesh to dispose of. The fields of Ambercrag and beyond plume with smoke, and the shovels break ground on a new memorial site. But an unexpected visitor arrives in time to see Milo's body placed gently in the earth. An enormous vined creature sits carefully beside the headstone, clutching a badge case and a pokeball. He leaves behind a single seed, planted behind the headstone alongside his original trainer card. It is signed to my nemesis, which has been crossed out and replaced with to my friend. Wyman sits in silent vigil, aware of Milo's sacrifice connected through the cosmic nightmare that only he woke up from. The slayer of men discards his title and stays behind an amber crag to bury Lila, the Venusaur, and helps with the clearing of bodies. Lila and Kyrie are buried together near the Sierras in a secluded clearing. Lila was Kyrie's first partner. The two conquered every challenge together, and when they couldn't go on, they found a team to help them through the toughest challenges. Even through years of imprisonment, Kyrie never lost sight of her goal. But being better than everyone else comes at an incredible, terrible price. To always outpace the next threat, to outsmart and overpower the next opponent, it leaves no time for friends. Rosalie visits Kyrie's grave every year and brings a black rose to the marker. She comes to sit and talk with her childhood friend and to check on the rest of Kyrie's team. And during these trips, she always stops to honor Milo Meditating in the breeze, feel his energy flowing through the land. If only, she thinks. If only someone had been there to guide you, the way you guided all of us. You were wise beyond your years, even before you found that stone. 
You had such a way of finding the light in the darkness. I wish I could have helped you. And I hope you're at peace. But as the months roll into years... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Quiver will continue reconstruction efforts across the region, coordinate peacekeeping forces in the chaos of restructuring. Bronwyn continues her role as the Mistress of Messages for the Quiver, but has expanded the messengers to include all species willing to make the journey. Chamberlain and Toby work tirelessly to live up to the message Milo always stood by. Doesn't matter who you are, or what someone tells you that you can or can't be. As long as you have your friends at your side, nothing you can't accomplish. Take it away, Tuts. <laughs> uh, roughly a year after the invasion, the Woods family made moderate progress rebuilding the family ranch, Amberite Forge, and some of Ambercrag itself. Bentley's parents were settling in, but Bentley felt empty. Yes, he was still home, but what was home? Ambercrag had been largely reduced to ash, as had the remainder of the region. Most of the gym leaders perished in the invasion, and young trainers were hard to find outside of the remaining tots. Everything around him reminded him of the losses from his adventures. Mortar's death at the horror-filled hands of Arlecchino, and subsequent resurrection thanks to Manny's steady shadow. The heart-wrenching losses of Klaus, Dragon, and Shadow to the lunar threats, not to mention the other Pokémon who were moon-touched for a time. Milo, Arthur, Jax, Ansem, Xavier, Tom Wood's Magmar companion, and many more lost their lives. <coughs> the image of Milo handing off control of his Pokémon to Wadsworth and Monty before his death was never far from the top of his mind. Even the good memories of his journey were quickly overwhelmed by grief and anxiety. He rarely slept through the night without having horrible nightmares. Bentley, as he had throughout most of his childhood, became a bit of a recluse. Outside of physical therapy sessions for Rose, training for Drip, and comforting Iris and Apophis, who suffered a terrible fate before returning, or perhaps resurrecting, uh, Bentley occupied almost all of his time reading what books remained in the region. Reading and researching, reading and researching, until Bentley stumbled across an interesting article from an archived newspaper in a far-off region. Scientists, against the recommendation by the powers that be, managed to discover wormholes, Supposed portals to other dimensions, which nearly ended in a different calamity by way of what became known as Ultra Beasts. Similar to Pokémon, yet far more powerful and destructive. Wormholes. Would it be possible to move through them to find other planes of existence? Multiverses, where perhaps Bentley's friends were still alive. Where Laris had not been reduced to ash. The thought consumed Bentley, and he knew what he wanted, or perhaps needed, to do. About a year after seeing his Crash Bang, Chicky Baby, and Desmond had all reached full evolution, um, CJ felt comfortable kind of going out on his own, seeing as we're thinking that anything stupid enough to take them on wouldn't really be a problem. You don't want this smoke, someone famously said. Pretty much. Um, and so he set out on his own into the Laris region to kind of explore again, but really to look for any signs of Team Rocket. 
uh, primarily his first move being looking for his brother. Um, as last encounter they had, they kind of seemed like they were on the same page and taking down Team Rocket or making sure that they didn't spread more in this region. Um, so he went to work scouting, tracking down any mention of Team Rocket, um, utilizing old friends like Scarlet um, to get intel. He caught word uh, later on about a rocket base somewhere outside of New Tree that had recently gone back online, so he went to go scope it out and found out that his brother and a few people that he had kind of joined up with were using it as a home base of sorts. And after a few months, they developed into a pretty decent team and started making headway against different minor rocket schemes that were starting to pop back up. Um, they found that Rocket was mostly broken here in Laris because that's just kind of how the Laris region is now. Um, but they decided to shut down anything Rocket had going on here before potentially moving on, following them to other regions. I want to jump in real quick because I have... I did my like immediate and we had a couple three month things, but I think it covers both of ours. So then we should be it. caught up. Huh? Go for it. So um uh Wadsworth and Bullet and the Ice Pidgey, I forgot, stay with Phoebe to do work on some things. Um the two normal Pidgeys are gonna stay with the Rooter flock because uh they've already died before and they're like safety in numbers. I wanna be with my kind. And they stay back. But uh, Monty and the rest of the gang are going to fly southwest to that split-off mountaintop island. Uh, let everyone from the fight pit that's been staying there know that it's safe to go home. You guys can go back. Um, so they travel with them back to the fight pits. Uh, they get out some feelings in the fight pits, do some training, and uh, help them rebuild a little bit. And after a couple weeks of care... The egg they received hatched into a Natu, uh, which was, of course, from the Zatu that Carlia had from her gym. Um, they bond quickly with her, and to honor their team's ideals through their journeys, they challenge her to come up with her own name, which she will think on for a while. But after her hatching, they kind of yearn for something else, a different kind of fulfillment, and they decide to pack their things and head to Falchester to reconnect with Hawthorne and jailbreak the Smeargle. And they hit the ground running and immediately begin plans for various rescue heists. But the other crew travel, do some things, and a letter arrives to D. Blackwater. Yes. Oh. Would you like me to read this out? Yes, please. Okay. In Milo's voice. No, just... <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Dear D. Actually, it's Wadsworth. It, it is Wadsworth, yeah. yeah. Do <laughs> 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 you guys get that? You guys get that? Dear D Blackwater, I hope this letter finds you well. I've been traveling with Rune Master Phoebe, learning the ways of learning the ways of language, both reading and writing, so I encourage you to keep in touch with our crew. It's been quite exhilarating to read text, and I look forward to being able to read some of these tales to my friends in Falchester. Phoebe, Claremont, and I have been studying the mysterious runes. I know you're aware of their presence and I've been wary of them in the past, but you've also seen them in action. We know deep down you believe in their power. We were able to utilize the Rune of Purification to purify Thuoban of his steel corruption along with those in Phoebe's charge that had been impacted in our journeys, such as Nubster. 
Should you have any of your friends that need assistance in this way, please reach out to Rune Master Phoebe so that she can help. She and Claremont are becoming quite proficient in this practice. Also in our studies, Master Phoebe made a curious connection with one rune in particular in the history of our group. A unique twist of fate, you had enabled this rune on a friend of yours successfully, and it was one that would preserve his essence and give him another chance at life. You want me to read this? Quotes with with yeah. within the <laughs> basket is an egg with swirls of red and purple, the rune of rebirth, glowing on the surface. While he may be reborn, beginning life anew without memory of his previous life, I can sense his presence within. We know that you will help him reach potential once more. We hope the sea treats you well, but in fact, we know it does. For you are D. Blackwater, Captain of High Tides, Master of Schematics. That's sweet. With love from your friends, Wadsworth, Phoebe, Claremont. P.S. The one who delivers this package may look different from when you last saw them, but they are the same Pidgey that Master Milo purified that decided to attune to the Ice Stone. They are much stronger and adept in ice abilities. They have grown fond of the egg and offer assistance in teaching ice abilities before they return home. That is, if you allow it. Regardless, they also humbly request, in their own words, a cool pirate name from the captain. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say that. I said that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah, D would definitely take the egg and... He throws it in the ocean. <laughs> like, it's like, this is going to make a nice omelet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I will definitely take care of that egg along with the Pidgey and check back in with me by the end to figure out what that name is. <laughs> 30 years on. Yeah, like, yeah. Pirate uh, name generator goals. I haven't figured it out. So yeah, that was very sweet. I like the Captain of High Tides, Master of Scamander. <laughs> that covers our three months That's, yeah okay uh yeah i have uh the rest of my three months but uh i guess to tie into that d would actually um in his recent times after uh saying his uh not final goodbyes to milo but as a, i'll see you soon he visits uh his grave for his funeral, but decides to trek towards Etiola and pay respect to um, Janusz and let him know what has happened to Fang and that, you know, he 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 died doing what, you know, was required of him and he did it well. And kind of just saying his goodbyes that way. Then, of course, coming back, receiving that gives D a little bit more hope. Um, But D would probably separate from the Tots for... <laughs> probably quite some time, kind of reconnect with uh, my dad and Lucy and just spend time away from land as it all has pretty much just gone to hell in a handbasket. Um, but that top of the Sierras that broke off and scattered into the water, D writes up whether this is legal or not. D does it, and he claims a land for himself as Blackwater Bay. And uh, he sends that off to the city of Fola, and uh, just claims it for his own thing. He spends most of his time out there on the island, uh, prepping it for uh, himself and the uh, privateers that he is going to learn how to take reign of from his dad in the years to come. So post-Etiola, I let Wadsworth know that um, if anyone wants to get in contact with me with Tots-wise, they can via him. And I'm going on a sabbatical back to Bluefinland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the whole squad's coming with me. 
Um, and I'm just honing my green thumb just after a bunch of death, you know, bringing some life back, trying to cultivate some life. Um, Gluk, Pontiki, Sage, surely they take a particular liking to the horticulture and they begin specializing. Pontiki creates a new banana variant. Tangy and tart in taste and very popular amongst electric types. Gluk specializes in trees. Shirley berries, and she's constantly breeding new strains to perfect her moonshine. Nice. That never stops. <laughs> you just start selling it. <laughs> we'll just wait. Let's go. Let's go. This uh, is only one year. Wait till you see the ten-year empire. Oh, shit. Sage uh, specializes in herbs, but has a knack really for growing anything. Um, he's be able to create a resilient species of wheat seed that's utilized to help with the rebuilding in the most hard-hit areas. Nice. And that's it for the, the sabbatical. Nice. I love it. Sage is just like, <laughs> y'all ever heard about growing wheat? And Shirley's like, I have a 300-acre farm that's off the grid. I am producing 4,000 gallons of moonshine a night. Tell no one. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. So over the next few years, um, again, D would visit Milo's grave on the anniversary, not of his death, but of the day that they met. That's something that keep D, it positive. That, that that's something that D remembers very fondly. And uh, as he does that, D does assist in bringing Fola back to its former glory, knowing that it is the capital. Um. Being as it is the center of the Laris region and being the highest thing in technology, he goes and does that and doesn't necessarily study at the college himself. D feels like he is now from his outer experience and what is to come. He is a lot smarter than most of the people that are there, but he does study underneath the three professors um, that are there as long as they are still kicking, which I'm assuming they're a lot smarter so that they would have been hiding away. Victor Volt Jones thanks you for your host system. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, does, so does Brian but uh, he uh, he does go to and work with them and he does finish out his uh, entire college degree probably within two to three years of him doing that and uh, kind of assists and becomes Rosalie's like understudy and ever and whatever she needs to do in FOLA nice. but in between all of his studies uh, D is going to begin building um, his own place on Blackwater Bay um, knowing that him and Hawker are now the new Waterstone Guardians, um, he needs his own sanctuary, his own safe place for him uh, and all of his uh, water types and any future water types to uh, go to. Uh, he then begins to build and open the Ruder Blackwater Aquatic Sanctuary and Rehabilitation Center. Hey. Um, he then inside builds a large statue of Milo, Wadsworth, and Hakka, standing Kind of together, Wads or Haka kind of reaching out with like a fist bump. Uh, Wadsworth being a little bit more stoic, and Milo standing behind Wadsworth with his uh, hand on his shoulder. And the plaque reads, um, "Until the very end and beyond." And uh, yeah, he kind of works alongside with Wadsworth and whatever kind of they need in the future to come. Beautiful. Um, so at a year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are really good at bringing me to the cusp of tears. And then like, <laughs> we're just getting started. I, I, to, I have to joke about I it, know. otherwise I will cry. I know. <laughs> I thought I was gonna be fine. 
Uh, Wadsworth and Bullet have long since rejoined in Falchester. Um, they still travel around um, from time to time, but most of their time is spent back with them. Um, after many weeks of deliberation, Natu names herself Flock. It's a word that has become synonymous with love and positivity. Um, the group often refers to them as such, and she just likes the word. Uh, the entire team teaches Flock in their own ways, and she has become an exceptionally well-rounded combatant, strategist, and friend. Together with Jailbreak, they've collectively completed many raids on the still-operating Team Rocket boats and new base outside Nutri, rescuing many Pokemon along the way. Their base camp slowly has expanded to a settlement, and as some of these rescued Pokemon have joined their efforts, some of them have headed back home, and those that are too far from home are... Uh, do not want to partake in any uh, fighting activities, elect to stay with and assist with smaller operations, or get picked up in Phoebe's Manor on the occasional pop-ins. Uh, Shimmer and Eunice evolve during these exploits. Uh, there's a lot of experience with combat, and they uh, take charge and, and evolve due to that. And um, But everyone in the role still has... Everyone in the settlement still has a role, much like the final battle that they won together. Atticus is still out there scouting for shipping lanes or moving trucks for their next targets. Uh, Arjan still offers hope and encouragement through his food. Uh, but speaking of which, he has become quite famous for his intimate detail while cooking. Uh, he enjoys hearing the tales of those who uh, are rescued and come to the settlement, hearing where they come from, more specifically what smells and tastes remind them of home, and sharing that so that everyone can familiarize themselves with their new friends and places they've never been before. He can't cook every day, though. That's a little unrealistic. And it begins to be noticed that some Pokemon skip meal day if Arjan's not cooking so that they can enjoy an even bigger feast when he comes back the next day. Kind of like Sunday for Chick-fil-A, like, turning into Monday. <laughs> Double the line on Monday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I got withdrawals. Give me my spicy uh, chicken sandwich. <laughs> what you really need to do is just do just take out and you just warm it up later. No, it's not the same. <laughs> Uh, but his staunchest fan is a rescued Buizel named Louie, who always shows up early to watch him prep. Nice. Uh, Wadsworth has been continuing his education, and he helps the team put together various life improvements for the settlement, including irrigation for growing food, on which he is often writing to Phoebe and her team regularly for tips on that, and means with which to better camouflage their base from passersby as they're uh, starting to get a name for their, themselves and are worried of... Uh, the possible attacks. Uh, he collects books and he loves to read now, but his favorite pastime nowadays is reading tales from times past over campfire to his dear friends. His favorite stories are the oldest he can find. Beautiful. Right. Well, as the months and years continue to pass, Remy very slowly recovers. He'll never walk again, and is forever scarred by the events leading up to his explosion. And he awakens to a gray world, and though his closest friend and his strongest ally are both gone, he never loses that Wadalongan spirit. He becomes the linchpin of the next generation of the Quiver, rebuilding Wadalonga, but this time with a bigger emphasis on permanent infrastructure. Together with Rosalie and the surviving engineers in Fola, Reconstruction now involves a series of levees to prevent major flooding. However, the Quiver decides not to fully reform, 
not as it had before. They instead opt for a network of information built off Professor Redwood's communication towers. Faster communication should mean a lesser chance of a future disaster on the scale of a lunar invasion. However, Remy makes time once a year to track down Arjan and share a bottle of wine with an old friend. The two often sit in silence. But Remy never misses a day. <laughs> Carry on. I did my best! Uh, bring I it did in. my best! Bring it in. <laughs> I have one sentence, and then you can do your thing whenever. Okay. Um, Coordination. <laughs> but at five years, our settlement near Falchester continues to increase in size. Team Rocket hasn't had a successful delivery or operation in over a year at this point. And they're determined to try to change that. A thousand. <laughs> this isn't your a island. A year of failure, and they're like, "No, we still gotta, we gotta stay the course. Like, yeah. We are hemorrhaging money, it. guys. No. <laughs> we cannot live on this." Do you pull in others? This ain't your island. <laughs> this is our island. Only reason you're living on it is we let you live on it. Um. So, uh, it took around a year to fully shut down all of the rocket happenings that were going around around the region working with Milo and whatnot um, and setting up that base in Falchester super important to stopping the groups that were trying to send more rocket grunts into Laris um, which is one of the reasons why CJ went out to Blackwater Bay and linked <laughs> up with D um, and figured the privateers could help with all of these endeavors. Um, and while D was amenable at first, it didn't end up making business sense to put all of his uh, work towards that. So he gave CJ a little sector of the privateers to work with um, to potentially get to other regions and branch out um, and shut down more rocket stuff out in those other regions. Um... After a few years and going to those other regions and clearing out uh, rocket bases there and shutting those down, um, CJ and his brother figured out a way to communicate with their other sister, Euphemia, who was still working for the family. Um, and now with a considerable force of friends, the privateers, Milo's boys, um... They were able to convince her to help take down Rocket from the inside, uh, where she would give them classified information on targets, important bases of operation, um, and letting slide where the new main base was, as since we were making headway, my parents moved around. Um, after developing some good plans with the help of William um, <laughs> and <laughs> Wim Pimble at... Uh, the forefront as he evolved into a bipedal Persian. Oh, God. Really creepy, but <laughs> honestly gives him a little bit more street kid. 
cred because he's scary looking. Um, Gross. But the standing the, the misdirection. He doesn't need an assistant for his magic because people just look at his yeah, weird he's joints. He's super creepy. And they're like, oh my god. How are you no. doing that? Was this your card? Oh my god. Get away from Why does he have opposable thumbs? <laughs> Um, but they set their sights on the head of the Arbok. Um, so, CJ, with the help of his friends, makes his way into the bowels of the new rocket facility. Um, his parents had done a really good job fortifying the new place, but his sister and her expertise led him where he needed to be. Um, he steps out of the ghost realm in front of his father's desk as he stands at the window. Get wrecked. Holding a familiar glass of amber liquid. You've done so well, son. Don't you dare act like you've been a father to me. You always had such a strong heart, Crispin. Don't call me that. Oh, yes. You go by CJ now, don't you? I kept it to remind me to never let you in again. Always remember the coward's heart beating in your chest. Love makes us do funny things. I never was good at telling your mother no. You let her turn this misguided bunch of hooligans into a full-on empire of crime. Never once did you try to stop her. Chris, CJ, you've been gone for so long. It was just me, her, and your sisters. How was I supposed to convince the three of them alone? You don't just let it happen. You could have left with me. How do you think you were actually able to get away in the first place? Uh... The patrol was lazy? They'd fallen asleep. Or were they put to sleep? His father, Viper coils around his leg. I don't believe you. CJ, I've been watching you this whole time. I was able to keep prying eyes away. You were sloppy, but you were learning. And once you found that group of yours, you were finally able to keep moving, and I could start to let you go. But the Oni, the, the, the other experiments, you, you killed my friends. Your mother was hell-bent on finding you. I did the best I could. His last words broke as the door creaked open. Well, you were much more of a headache than I thought you'd be. You and that stupid group you found. They're more of a family than I ever had here. <laughs> Where's your family now, boy? CJ's eyes glow bright orange as the corner of his mouth tugs upward. Oh, you thought I'd come alone? As the portal opens and the privateer force, along with the Tots and Theo, storm the facility. CJ sends out Bang, Growl, Crash, Desmond, CB, and a Cadabra appears in front of Theo Sr., grabs him, and vanishes. A Pincer, Malamar, Pangoro, and Nitto Queen, uh, CJ's mother's four chosen children, enter the room. I'm so happy you finally came home so I could destroy your friends in front of you. Good luck. CJ and his mom enter into a vicious battle, uh, the tide finally turning as Mana returns to psychically shield her brothers and sisters. CJ slaps some cuffs on his mom and vanishes, reappearing outside the Kanto police station as he passes her off to his old friend, Captain Bishop. Um... Shortly after, CJ arrives back at the rocket facility with a squad of police to take away the grunts and clear out the facility. CJ meets back up with his father, sister, and brother and says, Now, how about we do this the right way? Sick. 
Oh. Well done, J. Ray. Oh. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the music. <laughs> yeah, I tried so hard to post it in, but I guess I was like, oh, no. really well timed. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait for <laughs> it. Wait. Oh, 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 oh man. Funny. Yeah, if uh, if you guys, right when we start laughing, if you start the Avengers theme song <laughs> about ten seconds before, you'll Perfect know why. Uh, you think I came here alone? Yeah, I'm over here. I'm just the DJ today. I have good. a really easy job. It's too good. Well done, Painful. sir. Oh yeah, that's awesome. So the team ass assists. Uh, CJ with this this final takedown, but there was one group left that they need to take care of. Um, so in return, they come back. CJ's in Falchester helping prepare. Um, Wadsworth sends communication to D to see if he can have any Navy block in the ship so they can't retreat. Because um, they're going to try to invade the settlement and stop the group that's been putting a kibosh so they can continue operations, but little do they know, they, they don't even have, like, a boss anymore. Or they do, and he's right in front of them. Um, so they start an all-out attack on the settlement, but um, we have a successful rebuff in, in taking them out. Uh, but we did have some assistance from some allies, even beyond D and, and CJ. I'll let you go. Oh, okay. Um, Phoebe, Chester, Gluck, Claremont, BB, Nubster, and Astrid all head to Fall Chester to help against the Team Rocket attack. Um, during the Fall Chester fight, Astrid evolves while healing others, and uh, her antlers turn a, a pitch black where it's almost like sucking in the light. Hell yeah. But then the leaves are just reflecting like infinite galaxies. She becomes the... That's all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool. Uh, we stave off the invasion. Everything is successful. Um, it is important. Thank you for your efforts in protecting us and giving us the heads up to make this ridiculously successful. Teamwork, baby. Uh, whether or not you want to hear it, Wadsworth wants to say it. He forgives you for using all three Ambrosia. Thanks, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> Wayne. <laughs> I've been carrying that for 15 years. Lazarus <laughs> <laughs> <Buzzers> just... <laughs> <laughs> and CJ just dies right there. He's like, oh, the release. <laughs> In more ways than one. Um, the serotonin. <laughs> but also during uh, this fight, Flock does evolve into a Zatu as well. Uh, her growth with the team being a monumental vessel for their collective efforts, a positive means with which to remember how they got here and how the future is still bright for them all. But the settlement is a bit aged. They were all kind of ramshackle. It's falling apart. Uh, Derby's company, the pit crew, has been working to keep it, but uh, the expansion has been faster than the repairs. Uh, but D does offer a piece of Blackwater Bay to relocate. And the team will take him up on that offer to build out a proper base this time. Uh, more structural, more secure. And uh, they'll start to build that, and they have a district that they have named Freedom's Flock. 
Okay, so jumping off of that, um, Astrid becomes a local healer at Freedom's Flock and is known every spring to grow what becomes rumored to be unparalleled in flavor fruit, which Arjan <gasps> uses in his dishes. Intergalactic jam. Um, <laughs> Chester decides to stay and help move the fall Chester to what would become Freedom's Flock um, and becomes a dojo master, creating the martial arts specialization called Shooting Stars. Nice. Uh, Phoebe will also help move everything over and create um, or help establish a healing center at Freedom's Flock, teaching just whoever there like what she knows um and then this is just kind of a side destiny's child was not partaking in the this fight but she decides uh to go work with dr ulani um in her continued studying of infectious diseases particularly any remaining moon touched due to her own experience with it um her and tito become very close friends Love that. Love that. <laughs> Natural enemies, a fairy and a dragon type. <laughs> yeah. The best of friends. Yeah, yeah. So that's it for my... It's beautiful. Do you want to go, Devin, or should I? Um, yeah, mine's super small for like the five-year stuff, but uh, D does take up a little bit more into the, of course, privateer business, giving, uh, again, CJ his his whole command of uh, small privateer forces that want to do a little bit more than just your typical pirating or naval army stuff. Uh, but with helping Wadsworth and everybody build up the district, um, Neek does evolve and becoming as the local repairman. But his like long, like little leafy feather, he doesn't necessarily use tools anymore as that is his tool. And he kind of uses oh, it to kind like of maneuver it. and make his own stuff. Cooper just wants to be a janitor, um, as he just would rather carry around his dirty mop. He just does cleaning. Dr. Jan Itor. Jan Itor. Dr. Jan Itor. But uh, yeah, D kind of keeps to himself unless everybody else kind of needs him wherever they need him to be. He's kind of like, again, the juggler of back and forth of where he's trying to go and what his friends need, as he will always be there for them. But that's it for like a little small thing. I love it. Yeah. Short and sweet. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so, uh, when the Woods family felt confident they could continue slowly but surely rebuilding their lives in Ambercrag, they began to encourage Bentley to take another leap of faith. After much consideration, Bentley said his goodbyes, left Iris and Apophis in the care of his parents, in part so he could warg into Iris's eyes, just as the departed Xavier had done with his mistress and commune with his parents from great distances if he felt homesick. He then set a course for the open seas. About two years after the lunar invasion, Bentley boarded a ship provided by CJ and his subset of the privateer's fleet to set sail toward regions unknown or known to Bentley only through books and stories, or perhaps lands not known to him at all. He never lost the itch to battle and was excited to take on new gym challenges in other regions across the globe if they were spared the worst of the moon-touched army's wrath. But he was also excited and hopeful to learn more about wormholes, ultra beasts, and alternate realities or planes of existence that we don't see in the years to come. Bentley was more of a believer than most, having accompanied his friends to the Shadow Realm, Upside Down, Ghost World, whatever you choose to call it. If such a place could exist, and Bentley and his friends could make their way between both realms, 
why not through wormholes as well? Eventually, Bentley was put in contact with a man named Looker of the International Police, tasked with limiting the criminal enterprises of entities like Team Rocket and others across the globe. Looker had experience dealing with Ultra Beasts and wormholes, as did Annabelle, his superior. Looker privately divulged to Bentley that Annabelle was found unconscious on a Pony Island beach in Alola and placed in the care of Interpol. They detected, quote, incredible amounts of ultra wormhole energy coming from her, end quote, and believed that she was a, quote, faller, someone who had become trapped in a wormhole for a significant amount of time. While they only knew the powers of wormholes to be used for chaos and evil, they were open to Bentley's research and theories about using wormholes for potential good, or at least worthwhile scientific findings to unlock more mysteries of our universe. CJ would also bend Bentley's ear from time to time about wormholes and their seemingly endless possibilities. Not for himself, per se, but for Tegan. Bentley hadn't heard that name in quite some time, and didn't know if she, Koa, and Moana had survived the calamity, or left to explore other lands in pursuit of answering questions about her family before things got bad. But they both remained curious where, or perhaps when, she wound up. Instead of fallers who became trapped within wormholes for indeterminate amounts of time, Bentley coined the term sliders, people or Pokemon who could freely move through worm wormholes to different realities, multiverses, or dimensions without getting trapped for weeks or even years on end. Whether that was even possible was at the heart of Bentley's research. Uh, this is many years after that. Uh, Bentley spent years traveling the globe, researching, teaching, giving talks, reading, experimenting, theorizing, finding the best scientists on the planet and picking their brains for their own theories of our universe. At least from what Bentley had deduced from his time spent abroad from Laris, roads always seemed to point back to where his journey began. The lands beyond Greengate, where many horrific creatures resided, Source Stones, Guardians, Blue, the Prime Mind powerful entities and places that might hold the keys to further discovery. Eventually, many years after the moon-touched calamity, Bentley made his way back to the Laris region. Ambercrag, being the only place that was spared even slightly, had been rebuilt, rebuilt well. Wadalonga also recovered, all things considered, which perhaps isn't a surprise given it survived many catastrophic flooding events prior. Folo was getting the region's infrastructure mostly back online through renewable energy, energy sources, but the town formerly and currently known as Xantha was where Bentley wanted to settle down. Everyone and everything there had perished, but it was still the location where Bentley first met Nipsey and Dylup, two companions who'd been with him for most of his life. He and CJ, who remained in close contact in the years following their misadventures, saved a sickly gloom in that courthouse. They'd seen Clefairies doing some sort of odd ritual, which, thinking back, might have even been tied to the lunar threats in some way. Bentley wanted to rebuild it bigger and better, to create a refuge for mixed-up young trainers like he and CJ had been. With help from virtually everyone remaining to provide it, the courthouse was rebuilt as it had been back then. With the help of CJ and Ruby, it turned into a bed-and-breakfast and, and pseudo-orphanage, welcoming all kinds of trainers making their way around the region, still in rebuilding mode. They decided to call it Arthur's Inn, after Ruby's departed trainer. Bentley even befriended the necrotic Ratata horde from the abandoned grocery store. They managed to survive the lunar fallout through their underground tunnels and fortitude. As a way to honor Jax and his gym trainers who were killed like so many others, Bentley opened a gym challenge in Xantha as the leader. There was no building, that would be years down the line yet before an actual full-fledged and functioning gym would be ready, 
But Bentley didn't mind the old-school look and vibe of a dirt field with a chalk outline. No frills, just the thrill of battle and competition. He remains in the process of finding the right gym trainers to complement his challenge or sub in for him when he needs to travel abroad. The gym and Arthur's Inn, also known as Ruby's Bed and, bed and Breakfast, occupied Bentley's time. But his research would continue. Perhaps one day he'd make greater strides to unlocking the secrets of our universe. In the meantime, Bentley had regular meetings with a therapist he met on his travels. Although the talks were painful, they did seem to help quell the nightmare somewhat. His Pokemon team would evolve, grow, and change, but Bentley remained a devoted trainer at heart. He stayed close with CJ, Phoebe, and Dee, planning meetups at least a couple times a year at his new Xantha home when they were available to visit. And there, by Bentley's side through it all, were his remaining team members. Mortar, the plucky outcast, now all grown up with a giant cannon for an arm as Bentley's ace Pokemon. Evinrude, Bentley's first ever capture and first ever shiny Pokemon, whose battle acumen did nothing but improve through concentration, confidence, and consistency. Nipsey, the parasitic crab, whom, despite their type weaknesses, clutched a number of battle wins before and after the calamity. Rose, nearly taken from Bentley like Milo, Klaus, Dragon, Shadow, and briefly Iris and Apophis, she helped heal the region with her calming waters. Manny, who went from egg-headed, Bentley-smacking baby to full-fledged battle master, forging a dynamic duo with Mortar. He never lost that loving sensation for Pontiki. Dial-Up, who reduced a hostile Kadabra to nothing but feet, a tremendous trio of mysterious magnets and sounds. Drip, who went from a true tiny turtle to a tank of a Blastoise, providing his team with ample defensive utility. Iris and Apophis, holding down the fort with his parents on the Woods family ranch. And Tallulah, who Bentley captured as part of a troublesome trap inch horde causing a ruckus outside New Tree, and evolved into a powerful Flygon mount. Each time he strapped on his safety goggles to ride on her back from town to city and beyond, he'd think of Milo, his childhood best friend turned psychic guardian turned region savior, Riding on bullet, perhaps too fast for his own good. And that is where Bentley's story... You can fill in the rest if you want. <laughs> nice. Respect. Nice. <clears throat> I'll go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you're right. uh, Enough time has passed, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Social anxiety. Um, in the aftermath of the takedown of Evil Team Rocket, CJ stuck around Kanto to get the new family organization up and running and see what this new family, actual family, could be like. Um, this new company was a bit of everything. And it's called... We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Not yet. Not yes. yet. Not yet. Not yes. yet. Not yet. Uh, the tech sector was run by his sister to help develop new technologies, often working alongside D and Neek, which they together dubbed Ansem Industries. Um, his brother had AI. An... <laughs> oh, <laughs> snap. <laughs> oh, snap. It all comes full circle, baby. Um, he it, uploaded uh, his consciousness. And we, we it's catch really our, secretly we catch our, our new friend. He figured out a way yeah. to make himself. <laughs> we catch a new... <laughs> We get a new Sand Shrew, and we name him <laughs> Greg Phineas Talbot the Third. Chat <laughs> GTP Three. <laughs> three. <laughs> ah! Oh my God! So ridiculous. Sorry, continue. Uh, Carry on. Good. 
Um, I held that in as long as I could. <laughs> his brother headed up the security sector, helping assist on different regions when major threats and or just general security was needed. Um, and CJ's sector was to travel the regions and help match Pokemon with people and or people with people, basically establishing a network of friendship, um, oftentimes working with the professors in Fola um, to establish that communication network. Um, he also helped people grieve in the wake of losing their friends and family, which his father worked closely with him on. Um, after that, he teamed up with Bentley um, and tried to help reestablish the gym circuit in the Laris region, um, then taking that knowledge of how unique the Laris gym circuit was uh, to other regions to spice up their more battle-heavy um, They're lame gym circuits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously we gotta have some battle gyms, but they don't all have to be battle gyms. Um, then, of course, he teamed up with Bentley again to create Arthur's Inn, um, where Ruby would stay um, and CJ would use as like a home base. Um, CJ's new overarching company he would call Lynx the ultimate goal of connecting all regions of the world. Um, his team would work closely with him in these various endeavors, all fully evolving um, to badasses in their own right. And of course, CJ being who he is would dabble in professional battling just to remind everybody that he was still a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. And I still have a little more after that, but I've, I've got we a post 10 years well. Okay. Yeah, I got post 10 years. Yeah. I can me, go. Do you want to go? I'll go. Okay. Me, him, me, me, I, I, me, I'd rather go. So we'll I'll just give, go circle. I'll get my. Yeah, I'll get my. <laughs> me, I'll go me. After. So, um, yeah, as D continues to kind of learn, study, uh, he does take on a new title and job as a professor. The study is within the magic within the source stones and the items that Pokemon can hold and how it affects them or affect them differently. Um, as he comes more prominent. Within the scientific community, he drops the name D and Declan altogether and strictly goes by Professor Twig. The name that was formerly given to him by his bullies now makes him stand up above the rest. As Blackwater Bay expands, he does pursue a relationship with Lucy as they have been working along side by side in the privateer business and kind of learning from uh, one another. But Is he successful? Yeah. <laughs> He's Riz game. He's good. He's still got the necklace on. Oh, damn. More tats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, a few years later, um, they do finally decide to get married, and they start to kind of develop and have a family of their own. Nice. Their first son, finally born, and for his name to always continue on in memory, he names his firstborn Milo Blackwater. His second and thirdborn are twins, one girl and one boy. They're named Mirida, after his mom, and Perseus, after his many great-grandfather. Uh, Milo's first Pokemon Squad. was supposed to be a Poliwag, but there was no serious connection there. But after a Psyduck washed up on shore, they became the best of friends. Nice. Cute. Both Mirida and Perseus uh, took a Feebas, one from the Siren and the other as an off-spawn of Undertow. Wow. Dude, your, your son Albus Severus. <laughs> your my... family's stacked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's You're, sick. My oh, first Lord. Pokemon is the spawn of a seven-headed demigod. <laughs> that's that's freaking tight. Oh, 
So uh, don't bully me. Also, <laughs> he has power. <laughs> don't bully me. I'll kill Fang you. has been reborn at this time. Oh. Um, but we'll take yes. on the name as it is instead a female and goes by Maya now. Oh, nice. Um, and then uh, along with aiding him. Timbers, or their full name, Shiver Me Timbers. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Has raised them. Yeah. Uh, the Shiver Me Timbers. Because I, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so ridiculous. I love it. Um, but yeah, he just spends like the early years of his family kind of just bonding and growing. Mute kind of gets a little more on the wanting to kind of be up and do something. So he will take on uh, the opportunity to work in the fighting sector. And uh, develops his own style known as bear style or like maul, sure. like to where it's just sure. straight fury rage. As he's like, yeah, why not? So that's what he does. PK just eats as much as he possibly can. He's a big lad. All most of these Pokemon becomes a mukbanger. Yeah, <laughs> starts his own YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute unit. But yeah, most of his Pokemon just hang out and do whatever they can in the sanctuary over the years. Take care, watch over the kids. Just do anything that D kind of needs to do, they're tired as much as he is. Yeah. After everything. But yeah, that's D's 10 plus. I have 30 years and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. 10 year plus, Phoebe decides to open a daycare slash spa in the manor. Now, I couldn't come up with a name that I liked, but a tagline for the spa slash daycare is, if you can think it, we got it. Nice. <laughs> you you commercialized <laughs> what it actually will I'm there. <laughs> Capitalism, Wait, baby, it still, always wins. You still Capitalism have to be invited. Lord into Ridge the wants manor. one wish was that you would be safe, and you're like, commerce, baby. You got money. We'll exploit interdimensional I magic. I never said anything. I never said cost You just I have to be let in by me. Yeah, I never bribe, said. A sizable bribe. And um, you can come in. We can do anything in here. You, you assumed you had to pay. I didn't say that. <laughs> you said you opened a spa. You don't got money. Um, in the entrance is a statue of crickets and the boys riding into battle on... The Tauros underneath. <laughs> Freaking sick. It's and then uh, to the immediate right is a memorial space for Milo. So anyone can come visit, or bring whatever they'd like, or just go there. And, like, obviously whatever you think can appear in there. A donation is required for the spa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's free, but a donation is strongly no. recommended. Okay. This is a giant tip jar. Um, <laughs> in the way. Multiple it on, is, like, it's, every counter. It's open to any Pokemon or person seeking assistance or just a place to stay. Um, like, the, the one rule has always been, as long as I let you in, if I kick you out. You're out. That's it. Um, <laughs> Lifetime ban. <laughs> Get out. Spa services include Diglett Dugtrio mud baths, oh my God. saunas provided by Nummels, and Machamp massages. Oh, unrivaled. Wow. Hey. The forearm Pokemon <laughs> coming in. <laughs> you want your entire body worked out? I got good. you. Um, He's stretching like some pizza dough. <laughs> 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 You'll never feel looser. The pizza toss of a person. <laughs> <laughs> just slam you down on a like a mattress, just pull you around. Yeah. I don't right. know. Um, with the exception of Astrid, Chester, and Destiny's Child, everyone has their own services that they kind of end up offering in their own space in the manor. 
for Claremont, that's to teach English and his rune knowledge to anyone who would like to learn. He becomes a renowned university professor and is willing to go out and give lectures whenever invited. Wow. So sad. <laughs> How to speak and you can too. <laughs> <laughs> he is literally a guru. <laughs> I did How it. How to speak and you can I did too. it. Now you. <laughs> oh. Incredible. I love him. BB continues to hone his sword work and is always working on that um, and is also willing to teach anyone interested. And he regularly does exhibitions over at Freedom's Flock in their martial arts district. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. He's actually more dangerous without the sword. That's <laughs> why so he carries it around. Uh, William regularly holds heist competitions. Let's go. At one such competition, he meets his partner, an Amolga known as Barb. <gasps> They, en they end up having eight little electric squirrel babies. <laughs> yes! Barb! <laughs> These are Jen, Arnie, Bill, Sparks, Murphy, Stella, Meeple, and of course, Stumps. I love how when you have to come up with seven names, you're like, oh, no you problem. But if it's one, you're like, give me four months, well, and then maybe. It's because this is for perpetuity, but so Destiny's good. Child was for 60 sessions, yeah, but you're like, but then it's forever. <laughs> but these are like, I don't have to develop a personality. I love it. I love it so much. It's so good. Um, Nubster, having come from a large family Incredible. himself, becomes the cool Uncle Nubs. Hey. Uncle Nubs. For just a little flavor, he is always wearing a, a large red apron with the little like um what, what's the word mrs nesbit frill <laughs> yeah 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 the nesbit uh, frill um he becomes particularly close with stumps so called for a little for a birth defect resulting in both of his back legs pretty much looking like stumps they got a little like paws but they're pretty much little stumps so they named him stumps <laughs> that's like nubster it's like yeah. nubster it's like scar man um Otherwise, Nubster is just always Phoebe's right-hand man and uh, is the one in charge if I'm not around in the manor. So he's running the spa daycare. Uh, Shirley runs a saloon, um, and her signature drink features her moonshine, and it's called the Twister. Hell yes! Because <laughs> you're going to oh. be spinning <laughs> after one sip. You can often find CJ and his whole team getting shined on. <laughs> At the daycare slash saloon. <laughs> Let me drop the kids off at the bar daycare. Where everybody's in ideal. You go get a massage, I'm gonna go get twisted. Let your toddler get drawn. <laughs> get messed up on moonshine. Um, Gluck and Sage uh, frequently visit, but they remain in Blue Finland, tending to their, their garden and uh, begin a famous farmer's market. Oh, tight. Dig it. Yep. That's awesome. That's it. All right. Beautiful. Here we go. Uh, so with the combined efforts of the pit crew and uh, D's team, the entire district is expanded onto Blackwater Bay. As we've learned, it's called Freedom's Flock. Uh, it does have a heavily protected base to plan and do any operations they may need to, although their original plan has succeeded and there's not the need to do that anymore there's still you know you, you gotta call on the right people at the right time and they're there for it uh it does have a place to send and receive communications there's a stretch of homes that are tailor-made to each different type so that they're each unique to what you would need and a special building in the shape of a tree the upper floors are reminiscent of the tree house and the manner that they spent time in together years ago 
but that all rests on a pile of roots that piles down into a building below a restaurant named the Quaint Quilava, as a reference to Arjan's lost but not forgotten mentor. Louis the Buizel is also fully ingrained in this operation, and after working with Atticus to reconnect the router routes to Blackwater Bay, he often uh, reaches out to various corners of the region to share recipes and ingredients so that they can learn new ways to cook and have new things to cook with. Um, the team also establishes Skirmish Street, a row of dojos for all recruits to study under a master of differing fight styles. Wadsworth, still being a big fan of his old stories, uh, liked to crown each of these masters as they took a school. So we have Eunice the Ampharos and Chester the Starmy, uh, co-masters of the Elemental Education domo, uh, Dojo, but it's Eunice the Ampharos of the Frosty Wool, Keeper of Lightning. <laughs> And Chester the Starmy of the Battle Ready Spirit, the Starstorm Caller. Next, we have Boomer the Two Cannon of the Dancing Feathers, the Enmity Sentinel. He's the master of the Defensive Dogma Dojo. We have Shimmer the Talon Flame of the Silent Burst, the Unending Blitz, master of the After Image Dojo Speed Division. Because we have Violet the Bladian. Of the Glowing Might, Nature's Steel, Master of the Afterimage Dojo, Power Division. Howell, who, uh, depending on who he talks to, also goes by Hualtaya, is the Houndoom, obviously. Of the Invigorating Roar, the Spiritual Flame. He's Master of the Steady Bulwark Dojo. Uh, and Mute the Ursaring, who opens up a school. Uh, Mute the Mistwalker of the Unrivaled Strength, opening up the Bear Style Dojo. And then there's Titania the Skarmory of the Unending Courage, Victory's Elegance. She is the Grand Master of Skirmish Street. Now, most partake in these trainings, and they're often able to complete or master one school, and on rare occasion, they can do two. However, on one occasion, all schools were mastered, and it was the only time they were completed as a group. And although no one knows where he is today, Everyone still knows the name of Wyman Coover of the Glowing Shoes, the Tradition Breaker. <laughs> the Glowing Shoes. I love the it. Glowing Shoes. I love it. Amazing. Uh, during all this, Monty recognizes the two Pidgeys that once lived in the manor during some routine mail deliveries and establishes a new line of connection with Toby directly, uh, reconnecting that uh, string and uh, establishes a new ribbon for up and comers to receive here at Blackwater Bay that. He will himself bestow upon them. Um, in CJ's work with Lynx and establishing a home in Xantha, he always felt like something was missing, one piece of the puzzle that just never quite felt finished. Tegan, where did she go? How had they not heard from her over all these years? He realized it was probably because she may not be here anymore. Maybe she had found her family and they were in a different dimension. One of those wormholes Bentley was always talking about. So he reached out, um, and knowing that Bentley had all of this extensive research done, took a while, but one day he found his long-lost friend. She had, in fact, fallen through a wormhole, but she found her family. They were all doing quite well. Um, Tegan still had her girl, Muana, who had become an enormous mill tank. Um, her boy, Koa, who was an extremely unique-looking Lycanroc, 
She befriended a Gudra and her newest addition, a Piplup. Um, she had traveled this new realm cataloging all of the various flora and fauna and helped CJ start a new project on connecting these different realms. Um, finally, in his old age, CJ never did have to become a tree. As he Let the record show. <laughs> <laughs> it is not canon. If you see a tree that says CJ, it's not real. It's part of the extended canon, which is not it's not traditional canon. <laughs> Did it happen? Um as he embraced his role as grave tender, um, and was happy to guide all of his ha- family and friends into a peaceful afterlife, along with his immortal homie Desmond. <sighs> I like how you had to set the records. Just, just to make it clear, just, he I did not choose tree. <laughs> he accepted it. It never happened. One time, I he know fell we talked about snowboard. it. <laughs> I fell off my snowboard. I broke my legs and I hit my head, but I did not say I, I wanted a tree. I didn't do I it. I didn't take the deal. <laughs> I didn't do it. Ridgemont showed up every night. It was like, you'll be a tree. And I always <laughs> said no every time. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> All right. Beautiful. It's great stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, Very good. As time kind of progresses, uh, everyone begins getting older, settling down with families or doing their own thing. Uh, D or Declan, uh, does set up a sort of battle stadium-like thing as his kids are kind of getting older and expressing more interest in wanting to adventure out. He wants them to start into a safe place, knowing how crazy this world is. So he, uh, kind of does a, uh, up-and-coming, uh... I guess their version of like an esports team known as the Tyranitots and nice. sponsors it himself and Sweet. allows them to uh, hold tryouts and allows people to kind of join in. But uh, as Declan, the professor, uh, Blackwater, captain of high tides, master of schematics, takes to the seas more often, Lucy does know that his time is coming up with Undertow and then he must, fi- must fulfill his promise. His kids begin their own adventure, and whatever they want to do, or wherever they want to go and explore, Declan says his final goodbyes to his friends, the Tots, his loving wife, family, and meets Undertow at the shores of Blackwater Bay. Declan pulls out the marquee, pins it to his chest, but doesn't stab it into him just yet. He waits until his time comes in battle, or in age, but a Blackwater and an Undertow sail the seas for all eternity. Heavy stuff. Yeah. May the storms be few. I am the storm. <laughs> <laughs> I am the storm. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. So then you can just kind of dictate. I'm going to bring the right. storm on the tip. Fear me. <laughs> um, so I just put this as an indeterminate amount of time into sure. the future. Um, yeah. It's a beautiful sunrise. Everyone's up early. There's work to be done. Tonight is a full moon and there are things to commemorate. A feast is being prepared by sous chef Louis and Arjan the now Typhlosion, who cracks open a musty old bottle of wine. (laughs) Derby is putting his final touches on a sculpture he's been working on for what seems like years on the fountain outside the base. Seats are gathered and placed in a half circle around a large reading chair. (laughs) Everyone is reminiscing of the past, the adventures, their appreciation for their old friend and advisor. The one who made the difficult decision to stab his dear possessed friend and keep the time they live in alive. 
As preparations complete, Freedom's flock comes, gets their first plate of food, and fills the chairs with mixed emotions. <laughs> Wadsworth takes the large reading chair, welcomes his friends new and old for the last time. I did not think this was going to be this difficult. For the last time, he begins to read a story to the wider audience. Here. Can you read this? No. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to get all that easy. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm right, uh, right there. A story? Yep. A story that begins with a young Psyduck receiving visions and feeling a pull to sit in a very specific spot, waiting for a future friend to pop out of the ground and begin their partnership. The tale continues through all their early adventures with Nilo, the hardships and joy they shared along the way, the trying battles had, had for survival and for growth, and the final fight against the lunar invasion. Wadsworth finishes reading his freshly minted book to a mix of applause and tears. Amidst the celebration, Monty approaches Wadsworth to congratulate his friend. Excellent work, Wadsworth. It was truly worth the wait. <laughs> what did you decide to call it? Wadsworth closes the book and shows Monty Eclipse Dreams Tales of the Moon Shadow Guardians by Wadsworth Ruder. Monty takes out a pen and adds Wadsworth Ruder of Freedom's Flock Unparalleled Guardian Lunar's Bane. Thank you, Montgomery. It has been an honor. I will tell our friend you say hello. They exchange smiles and touch foreheads, and Wadsworth fades into a wisp of psychic energy. In accordance with his wishes, the rest of the flock has a rowdy celebration. Derby unveils his sculpture, a curious collection of rock shapes, questionable at best to an average onlooker, but two of them begin to glow, one a purpley blue and the other a lighter green. As the full moon rises, each stone ca casts a unique shadow on the ground representing a team member of the a member of the team in flight together again the two that represent their lost friends glowing for a for, for a short time before wisping away together to continue to watch them thrive from beyond that's it good wow. good tag in Tia good tag in thank nice. you thank nice. you and great monty voice that was amazing <laughs> I took some beautiful. artistic liberty I, I in the moment. I enjoy that you did. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that you did. It's awesome. Is that it? Is that all That's we got? It. That's it. That's that on that game. I do have I do have one thing I want to say. Yeah. More so to you guys. Thank you guys for bringing me in, having me as a friend. You guys have been amazing. Thank you to the audience for having me jumping in halfway through uh i do appreciate you guys as friends and stuff like that so it was cool to do this with you i appreciate y'all we love to have thanks for yeah. joining yeah. Me. Course, you, were, buddy. you were well before half man you were was well I? Before, yeah i don't know yeah. um, <laughs> this is 150 you were 60 uh, oh, once, yeah something. 60 60 something so. as of yeah. right now time of recording we have 208 episodes in the tot series oh, man. and not all of them are up and live yet wow. so crazy 60 in you're easily yeah, yeah. You're a quarter well, thank you guys again yeah. This was amazing. It's, it's been great having you. Yeah, Super thank fun. you. Guys. Yeah, yeah. I want to echo that and just say thank you to Drew for 
yes creating an unbelievable Thank you, Drew. New, new yeah, thank you for tolerating our shenanigans. I want to. <laughs> you guys made it what it was. I mean, I want to play an, an actual game in the Laris region. That would be tight. But yeah, thank you to all of the fans, all of you guys, um, folks who lurk, and also the folks who comment and just say like, "Hey, you guys, you really managed to brighten my day, or you got me through work because I was able to listen to this." Like, those don't go unnoticed. Um, I mean, every single time we read one of those, at least for me, it's like, it's very cool that we can brighten your day from miles away. Uh, and that's not ever something that I think any of us took for granted. So thank you guys for that. And thank you for becoming friends in the Discord. It's been a blast. Thank you. None of this happens if it's not you. Oh, yeah. Incredible stuff. Great work, team. Now we get to grill ya. Yeah. Now we so, roast the hell out of him. Tell us your stupid secrets. So for the first time, we're still rolling in the same session. Oh, snap. Wow. So the YouTube audience, you will actually get a taste of still rolling Hot for damn. the player's first semi-impromptu, kind of off the cuff. Probably gets Q and A. Did anyone plan questions ahead of time, and if so, how many? Uh, Fire off as many as you <laughs> I want. I of course did not. Uh, Ninety-seven. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna do this for. I'm gonna put a cap on it about ninety minutes because I know some folks have places to be. But I as long or short as you guys have questions, we'll do it. For the folks at home, don't panic. We didn't forget to warn you that the Prolegates Q and A was coming up. Don't worry about it. This is just for the players in the moment. Because right this was now. a while ago. So you this. This for, for those of you that like to know the because you, you guys like to know the the backlog, we're two and a half months in the past for you right now. It's the middle of September. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Hello, future. Hey, me. we're younger Hello. than we are now. <laughs> yeah, kind of weird. Appreciate my youthful glow. Um, <laughs> I'm quirky. Everyone did really good. <laughs> I'm quirky. And I'm dead. I liked the deep cuts <laughs> to random NPCs and whatnot <laughs> through the time, like oh, even yeah. your callback to Bishop. To Gideon was Why not, just, right? Yeah. <laughs> Throw him in there, just man. Why not? <laughs> why not? You, you've canonized his survival. So. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He made it. He Good made for it. him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, he moved out of the Laris region, went to Kanto. He ran away. The, <laughs> he went on the, the International invasion. Space Station for a few months. <laughs> the closer I am to danger, the further I am from harm. <laughs> closer to the moon, dude. <laughs> oh, man. It was yeah, fun. have at it. It was fun to have some closure for Tegan too. I'm glad that you worked that in. That was yeah, nice. Yeah. I figured give give Kelsey a chance to put any sort of something on it. And yeah, that's what she did. Nice. Um, well, so the only question that I like has been like rattling around my brain for this specifically was, and I'll I'll ask it in parts because I feel like it'll be more fun. Mm. Oh boy. Did the tots at any point meet the collector or see the collector? Uh yes. Was it Evander? Yes. Aha! It was right. <laughs> I was <Okay>. like, <laughs> nobody ever like really latched on. It was like, we found him. So I was like, I'm not just going to tell you that you yeah, found him. Right. It was. Like if you accused him, he would have been like, oh, no, I'm Evander. No. Yeah. help. Okay. I'm being accused of a crime. I had a feeling, but, but I didn't yeah, know absolutely. if it was like it was some other secret NPC I, that we just never found. No, I used yeah. Donal, the the um this npc to be like hey here's another like it could be this guy mm -hmm. do you guys remember red herring from a pup named scooby-doo <laughs> yes. yes he's the collector 
<laughs> and they're like, wait, no way. How could it be? Uh, in regards to that, was there any sort of like loose arc that had we engaged yeah. with it that would have tied into anything? Oh, like or with the collector? Yeah. yeah. I probably. He was he was a thing where I I do I do this a lot. Um, so for a warning for the audience at home, if you really like the mystery of the world, Please. skip this because I'm just gonna talk about anything. Because there's a lot of stuff in this game that was a name or an idea or a hook and nothing else. And mm. if you guys didn't pull on that thread, I never fleshed it out. Right. So the collector is one of those where I was like, okay. we had an idea from the beginning. The collector was going to be Crash's original trainer. I figured. And he I, was going to have I, Crash's <laughs> Pokeball. And Damn the first it. time you found him, he was just going to call him back. Ooh. And then if you started a fight with him, he would have the legal right to Crash. Ooh. Oh, wow. And then he Dude. would have had Crash's ball because you couldn't have caught him. Do you remember what before we started and Drew was like, hey, if you want to know a secret about somebody else, that was mine. Mm. That, was, that was Joel's secret about <laughs> CJ is that there was a trainer in the world that would eventually show up and go, Theodore, and call him back. And oh you would have had no recourse God. to get him back. But I dropped it for two reasons. One, Crash evolved. And two, you caught him in a privateer ball. Right. So you overrode that. So I go, well, at this point, it doesn't make sense to do that. Right. So just let it die. That was kind of my thinking behind doing that. I knew it was yeah. kind of risky, but I was like, it'll probably oh, it was supersede risky. the other. It was very <laughs> risky. So then risky. I don't have to worry about that <laughs> anymore, so why not try it? There's a strong chance you just never got crashed back, yeah. and that would have been awful. Oh, my God. It was risky in that it worked, but it also triggered us meeting the mime. Yeah. So, But, yeah. I mean, then you got then you knew that something bad was going I on. I would have rather so done big. fisticuffs with Evander than the mime. Because <laughs> yeah. Evander would have been just a political enemy. So it's somebody that you can't just go fight mechanically for crash dude. in that scenario say evander calls him back mm -hmm. and uses him in battle would it be like a <coughs> like they're like the confused mechanic where it's like they have to roll like odds or evens or no it's i like, would have no, he would just listen to i would have treated it like leviathan and iris where within reason crash would have followed and been wow. like okay i'll do that if it's like hey we're doing a pokemon fight he'd been like sorry bro he holds all the cards yikes unbelievable but if it was like kill that boy crash would have been like i'm not gonna do that no yeah uh, this is probably the wrong verbiage or terminology for this, but if you catch my drift, what is one, not like regret, but like kind of that same idea that you have for each of the tots, be it like... For each tot? Yeah, oh like boy. you wish like Milo had caught oh, not to, for example. No, I can like, tell you the, the my regret for Milo is my fault, and I talk about it all the time, is having the mailboat show up for your backup character oh, yeah, yeah. and ruining that, and I was like, ah! <laughs> And I was like, I need to take it back. Because because we had a, Milo had a backup character. Well, Joel had a backup character for Milo because Milo accomplished his goal really fast. And he was like, okay, I've kind of I've got I got my sea legs. I want to do this. And I go, okay, I'm gonna set up a moment. It's gonna be super cool. And then I threw out some stupid improv. I joke. was gonna retire on his mailboat. And yeah. I was like, oh, cool, you're a mailman. He's like, no, I want it in a card game. And I was like, <laughs> why would you say that, you colossal idiot? Ah. Oh! That's but that was me. That's Oof. wacky. That was a that was a dumb dumb me mistake. My biggest regret for Bentley is not letting you catch the ghost squirtle at the beginning. Because knowing what I know now, that would have been really cool. And that's what Manny in the Shadow ended up being was me mm. being like, "Sorry, mm. I didn't let you do that." So here's one. Pretty cool. Um, I mean, it made sense in in real time. Yeah. 
Because I think that's one for a lot of the viewers is they regret that I didn't catch the Larvitar in the tunnels. But like, I don't regret that even a tiny bit because yeah. I never would have caught Nipsey and Nipsey was a blast to play. Yeah. Yeah, but a Tyrant. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I have like a huge colossal regret for each, each tot. I don't know. Those are my two big regrets game wise. Through the whole thing, those are my top two. Like, well, that was that was still biggest mistakes. And fun, I was, feel. was there a, a, like a hook or some a situation that you thought we'd bite on? We just like totally buy. Pick any <laughs> of them. But was there one that like you were like, I hope they kind of go this no, way. No. So when I learned super easy, there was another character named D before D joined in like session six. Okay. That was gonna be an NPC follower that you guys could ask questions to about the world. <laughs> Okay. And you guys had talked to every NPC before that. <laughs> oh, no. And you met her on the road. She had a Meryl. You talked I to her for three seconds. You went, oh, cool. So See you later. Bye. And she was like, okay, bye. I right, right. That. And if you guys had engaged her at all, she would have just walked with you to, like, Oriander. Mm. And then if you had gone with her to Oriander, I was going to delay Team Rocket a little bit and let you guys have, like, a big Oriander festival. Okay. Because they had a whole party that was going to go on. <laughs> and you just walked by and I went, well... I don't have like a ton of content anymore. I guess right. I'll just do the rocket. That's fight. interesting. Uh, okay. So that so was that really early. that yeah. really set the tone for the campaign quick. That is early on. Yeah. Like the first two episodes were mostly chill, and then it was like uh -huh. Phoebe almost dying, and it was like that okay. one was always gonna happen because I needed a way to lock the tots together. Because if you're just kids that walk around, For sure. I don't. There's not a reason you would stay together if something went weird. Right. But Drama if you all on. if you all banded together to save your life, right. You've now been through trauma together, and you're like, we. You know what? We can do this. Like we're better yeah. together. Let's stick together. This world is dangerous, and right. I wanted to accomplish all of that in one thing. Right. Smart. And I had I got advice from uh from a friend of mine. They went, if you need like your party to stick together, and you're kind of worried about it, mm. almost kill one of them. And give the <laughs> and give the tools to save them in two other people's hands, mm. so that they have to then work together, get them somewhere too, not just in the field. Right. Get them somewhere, have them negotiate with an NPC, and then that'll help you go. Because mm. for the folks at home, before we started this, I've talked about this before too. I ran one game for about three months, that was entirely just jank fifth edition D and D. It was ridiculous, and I prepped like a hundred pages of lore and I was so ready to go and then the party went left instead of right and I had to throw away the whole book. Oh, God. So I learned in that game, don't overdo it, just have a couple hooks, know what your villains are doing and get it going. But I didn't have like five years of backlog experience to be like, okay, if they do this, just throw this in and you'll be fine. I didn't mm. know that yet. So I was like, what do I do? And my friend just goes, yeah, just like kill one of the players you, and then give them the way to save them. Do you like, remember okay. like a key crossroad either with us as a group or any individual where it's like if we decided like I, I we kind of know with Crash where I think it was like when Crash uh, was captured by the mime, I want to say it was like if we zigged instead of zagged, then Crash would have died and mm -hmm. that was like a big one but are there any others that you can remember where it was like oh man if they actually committed to that that would have been really bad um or really good and fun either way yeah you guys are you do that a lot <laughs> that's <laughs> not being, surprising if i'm like, being honest but if there so is many one times, that comes to mind like first thing when i tell you that um like, probably like the earliest in the campaigns probably dino and ernie having that with the electabuzz and the ball because uh, that was all a bluff. Those are stolen Pokemon. It was not an Electabuzz. Mm -hmm. They were just trying to scam you. But then if you buy it, you then have a stolen Pokemon. Mm -hmm. 
and then they it's, just disappear. It seemed so sketchy. <laughs> it yeah. was. It was meant to. But you guys were so close to like just committing. That was, <laughs> was, that like, was the funny thing. So like, I don't know. A lot of the folks in the Discord or fans of the YouTube have started their own Pokemon D and D campaigns, mm -hmm. which is super cool. Among Love them is New Boy, who's running his own campaign. And we like chit chat about it. And he was asking like, what should I do for this scenario? Or like, does this sound good? And we got to talking about like the Tots campaign and how we got to Alluvia, which was like a massive city. And we didn't really explore it all that much. Mm -hmm. And then we got to Xantha and we're like kind of overcorrected. <laughs> we're like, we're going to tip over every rock yeah. in this town and you're like there's nothing oh. here you oh i remember like, you should have done episodes. that oh i know city Joel's, Joel Joel asked me every week what do we call this one i go yet another day in xantha <laughs> like they won't leave <laughs> nothing will get them to go these anywhere small, these i was like smallest town i was yeah. like there's like 15 people who just go just go anywhere please and then i had to just keep adding desert. more into it and you guys are like wow it's so rich in lore and I'm like, the, the other funny thing about that, though, is like, you find King Tut's tomb, you just leave! I'm like, can you just please turn over everything you found, everything that is now alive. We kind of tried to do the same in Oriander with, like, yeah. the berry warehouse, and then there was, yeah, like, Yeah, the... Stetson Farms is another crossroads thing. Yeah, so... If you guys had dug in, that would have been a big, like, so kind of criminal investigation thing. It would have been cool. So we kind of learned more about the, like, the Dominus devices mm -hmm. after that they were, like, created by Ansem. Was mm -hmm. that just a case where it's, like... Ansem sold the patent, and then people used it for both good and evil, and it yep. wasn't necessarily okay. Ansem, Ansem never lied about his involvement yeah, with the Dominus. Yeah, he developed it, and then knew that somebody would try to do something shady with it, so yeah. he built in that failsafe. Because I think that that was another crossroads, at least in Oriander, where it was like we kind of made efforts to explore other things, but then it was like with I think it was C.J. Bentley. And maybe Phoebe going up to the like Team Rocket headquarters, and they had like the armed guards out front, and they were just like, "You need to leave." And we're like, yeah. "Okay." And then we just left, and like mm -hmm. maybe tried to explore like a side door. I, and that I was still it. have it somewhere. I have. A... I think you and I stayed back. And yeah, it was I went in. CJ, yeah. Phoebe, and Tegan. Yeah, because you I and have, I did I have double paper battles. notes. I was trying. Was that I, I wrote a I hook was, for mm -hmm. Tia, that like, oh, not yes. for Phoebe. Not oh, in, in Alluvia. Alluvia. Yeah, because yeah. I was. I, I having never played you, this. You I was. Up, I don't think you were there because you were on vacation or something. It's, and then you battled Gil, and we did double battles. It's session five. And they did stuff. It's session five. I started oh, hooks well, for like Tia, but sessions. not Phoebe. And that's funny because yeah, because I remember at first having never played. I was like, I want to. I want the infrastructure of this world. I need so, to know yeah. the power dynamics yeah. so I would like grill him at like the yeah. game and you're like, what are you, what, I don't. So this, <laughs> so here's why I like Tia as a player and this is why I gave my big shout out to my buddy Ian because he was my first player that dug into the world mm. and goes, this needs to make sense. Please explain it to me in detail. <laughs> yeah. And me wanting to not look like an idiot. Right. I figured it out. I just wrote it down. I was like, I, I guess it would work like this. Right. Well, then how does that interact with this? And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then by the end of like a two and a half hour conversation, yeah. I suddenly have the geopolitical landscape of the city. And I'm like, oh, this makes sense. I get it. I did it, guys. I did it. So I tried to do that for Tia yeah. where I wanted 
there to be hints and oriander of some kind of smuggling operations with these berries. Right. And they're going into Alluvia, but then where are they going? Right. Like of all the places to send fresh produce, why the big city? Why not Amber Crag? Why not like Green Gate? Why not places that need it? Right. Why are you sending it to a big marketplace city? <laughs> And I wanted the the Bureau of Discovery was just this super corrupt political organization. <laughs> and I was like, Tia will dig into this. I wrote in that note, this should irritate Tia and maybe Phoebe will get involved. <laughs> and then you guys got there, you saw the guards, and instead of like, let's sneak in, you were like, well, we'll just leave. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shucks, Damn. man. I mean, that was one of those where <laughs> it's funny. like, we're still kind of toeing the line yeah. of like, this could probably be too dangerous for where we're yeah. at. So like, let's cut our those, That was, because in the early days, I was very blunt with a lot of things and you guys were very, there's, I mean this in the most loving way possible. You guys were very one dimensional in your thinking. Mm -hmm. You said, oh, there's a guy that we shouldn't go in there. Mm. We can't. Or, oh, that'll open up later. It's a very like video game mentality. Right. And I did nothing to dissuade that because I didn't know how to do that yet. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, like... <laughs> so I was like, yeah, there's guards, and you're like, oh, we better go. And I was like, no, there's like a side door, dude. There's like a side door. Look, that guy over there, he's sleeping. at all. He's sleeping, <laughs> you can go in. Well, we better leave. And I was like, all right, I'll just let it go. But I think it's, I, you know, it's easy come, easy go. With and a lot then of months hooks. later, right. we force-fed a man cheesecakes. <laughs> oh, God. Damn. I wake him up so I can feed him so much cake. I know. I, I realized that after. I was like, why? He's sleeping. He we gotta put him to sleeping. sleep. He is. <laughs> you like, what are we doing? You walk in and he's yeah. asleep. And Phoebe's like, Dane, oh, Dane. You gotta wake up. We gotta feed wake you so up, much cake. I'm like, like, perfect. I wake him up. Oh. Why? <laughs> Catastrophic. I was like, I'll throw you a bone. He's got a weird key and he's sleeping. A hey, what's the key for? <laughs> what? what? Oh my god. So Listen, Augustus Gloop, you're going in the chocolate river. Jumping off that. <laughs> Augustus. That was too good. Just to <laughs> solidify 100% who locked that door. Who locked that yes. door? Um, there was going to be a whole thing with Bertram and Delilah from Stetson Farms. Oh. Where they had made a deal with the grave tender to smuggle things into Alluvia very discreetly for him and keep his information circuit alive while he was locked in there. Mm. But it's kind of like trapping a genie in a bottle. They get eternal life from him, and in return, he would help them out. But then they were like, okay, cool. And they locked him in. So he was like, okay, whoever gets me out of here, I am giving the gift that I gave them. Mm. I'm going to go kill those two. Dang. Then I'll do whatever I want to do. Mm. Uh, my so second part was uh, Xavier working with the grave tender, or was nope. he just his he own? Just, yeah, he was he just, just his own. He was his own because I I was struggling to get you guys to pick a group name. So yeah. Xavier's entire purpose was to have a file on you guys, right? With and, your group and, name, but was and you never did it, and now you're the tater tots for six years. Did you? Um, I love. That. Did you have anything like written in there? If we like got the files, that, yeah. if, that was my reward. If you had given me your group name, I would have told you everything they had on them. Okay. But you never did. Okay. So you didn't get the treat. No sticks, only carrots. I, I felt no so, sticks, only carrots. I felt so bad. That's why I did what I did. Yeah. In the end. Yeah. And changed the name for you. So yeah. if people ask you what was your group name called, you don't have to say the tater tots and disgust. Right. You can. I love it.
Tater tots. And yeah, my I mean, it, life it, it grew on me, and oh, I liked it in real time. Because that's what I was. It. That's what I was calling people when they were messing around. I would tot. call them tater tots or turkeys because mm. it's not. It was like work friendly. Like, Listen here, you turkeys. Like get back to work, and they'd be like, and they go back to work. So. <laughs> So I was like, come on, you tater tots, what's your name? And they're like, oh, sick, tater tots. And I was like, you are children. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense. Sure. We are indeed. Part two to the question, which might be answered because Mm -hmm. of who it was, but who locked up the grave tender and why did they trust Dane of all people? They trusted Dane because he was aloof and because he wasn't, he didn't want anything. He didn't have any like overwhelming desires for anything. He was pretty happy in his life. And the grave tender was just twisting him and trying to use any vice he could. And the only thing he could use was hunger. So when you guys brought him cakes, the reason he was crying and eating so mm. much was he couldn't stop himself. Oh. The grave tender was like, yeah, eat. Was it, these two will get me out. He could have kept so sleeping. So give in. Mm. Wasn't Dane also under somebody else that was like coming back that owned the farm? Stetson. Yeah, Bertram and Delilah. Bertram and Delilah Stetson I thought, I thought hired a, him out. I thought it was a different name of someone that we had heard and never met. Yeah, I think it was Bertram. <laughs> I thought it started with like an M. Maybe I'm misremembering. That might have been, yeah. But I don't know. overall, that was their... Because I thought there was anyway. somebody else who was going to come in. We're like, oh, we should hang back and like see what that person's all about. But then yeah. it was just CJ was like, all right, open the door. And Where the hell did they get the that lock that. from? My question, like, how do you keep a thing like that locked away? I just yeah. enchanted I don't know. lock. I don't right. know. I just put it there. <laughs> That's cool. I put it there because I knew they would mess with it. Just arcane lock. Yeah. Goddamn right, I'm gonna mess with something weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's so to, to that was so long ago. Yeah, to throw it off of that. Ever ago. So part of why a lot of the answers for the early sessions are so fuzzy is all of my notes were handwritten and we moved twice, so I don't have them anymore. So I only Ooh, have what's up wow. here. So some of it might actually be genuinely just incorrect, mm. but. The tombstone from the grave tender, I had no idea what it was going to be. Mm. I didn't know. In that session, that was all improv. He go, wow. he hands you a little black disc. You're like, oh, sick. Can I take it off? And I was like, no. <laughs> Does it do anything? No. And you found a ghost and you're like, stop. And I was like, yeah, that works. <laughs> That's amazing. That's and it was so like, good. He was like, no. I guess he's like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm just gonna see where this goes. <laughs> I'm just gonna see what happens. So you came up with the tombstone. Fun wow. Fact. Fun fact: the tombstone was your creation. That, and was, then, that was fun improv we did there. Yeah, we did a lot of improv. This entire <laughs> we campaign, we did a lot of fun Let's improv. Go. That's yeah, um, 90% of D&D. Fun improv. It's probably 95% of the Tots game. Was <laughs> yeah, improv. yeah, dude. That's so sick. The 3% of it was the emissary script. <laughs> everything else very was made, yeah <laughs> everything else was made up i did two percent of the work at the beginning linking everybody's backstories as much as i could then you, i was like all right off you go you were really good at that though because you did that yeah. throughout the campaign too mm-hmm. you would link back to certain things and like put us on mm-hmm. paths that then ended up it would, that you were really good at that very very well done you gotta just you even gotta if just it started in improv that was that was impressive yeah. you gotta make it happen i think you've answered this on like Twitch streams every mm-hmm. now and again, but the the split session way back in the day <laughs> in Xantha. Uh-huh. So what was what was your like top level plan for I've, the split? Was, I've broke like, yeah, I've broken it down a couple times, but genuinely the plan was to put Tegan and CJ without their teams 
put their teams with the three of you mm. in the mine, and then you guys have to battle with their team that doesn't listen to you, and they have to sneak around the Steelix. Right. So they were going to do a stealth mission, learn about source stones, and then come back to you guys with information. Right. And it went so poorly, and there was so much vitriol from the five of you. <laughs> why? I, why did you split the group? We were so upset. Why did you do it? I don't understand. Why can't we all play together? And I was like, just trust me, dude. I got a plan. No. No. And I went, fine. We're done. It's gone. You get nothing. <laughs> and then they go, what was the plan? And I kind of told them. They go, oh, that was really cool. I'd love to do it. Like, well, now you get nothing. So I mean, Tia did shatter her leg into yeah. a billion pieces. Yeah. And it would have been, been really interesting. <laughs> character growth. <laughs> You'd have been like, uh. and I probably would have had a Dunspar on my yeah, team. Yeah, and you blew the arm off a graveler. Yep, it's crazy that stuff. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. It's okay. I I learned that day if I'm gonna split the party, I just can't tell you. I'm just gonna do it to you. Because if I go, hey, I have this cool idea, you guys are going to go, no. what? What do you mean? And I'm like, okay, you guys do a lot better when you don't know what I'm going to do to you. <laughs> so I'm just going to not tell you. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> I love party splits. I'm always for it. Makes mm -hmm. things so much more dangerous and more chaotic. Uh -huh. I'm here for it. Every time the party splits, something catastrophic would happen. And most of the time it was unintentional. Yeah. They would just happen to go to like, well, the Well, our party place. split was the... <laughs> When like the frozen stuff came to be, wasn't mm -hmm. all that bad. No, that was that was calculated. In the, frankly, and even idea. and even doing like party splits at the table where it's like two characters branch off like in a town and go mm -hmm. one direction, other people go a different direction. I feel like that's really good for like character development too, because you can just interact with one character versus a group character. Mm -hmm. That's why I loved I loved the idea of the forced party splits mixing up who was going to be in which squad because right. if like. Like, obviously, if I split the two of you up, if I put, mm -hmm. like, Tia with, with Jordan, Phoebe and CJ are going to have a very different dynamic from, yeah. like, Milo and Bentley. Yeah. For sure. So I was like, I want to take the groups that don't often interact and just shove them in a cave together. Mm -hmm. And be like, hey, figure your way out. Because you've got a very reactive player and a very supportive player. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we're in a cave? What do we do? I don't know. And then one of you would have to kind of grow and get you out of there. Mm -hmm. Right. But... That's that was the last session. I'm over that. That was years ago. Totally <laughs> <laughs> over it. What was the uh, onion <laughs> in the forest that possessed Sage? Oh, it was Celebi. Yes. Why? Why did it do that? To it, kill Team Rocket? Yeah, it's just um, so violent. What I wanted to show you guys was that the Guardians of Nature were not on your side. Uh. They were on the side of nature, and Team Rocket was posing a threat to nature actively, trying to get, collect, and destroy stones. So Celebi was like, Sage, I need your help. Mm. I need you to just let me in for a minute. And he went, okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> and, she, and in return, Celebi's like, you're not going to remember that you did that. Mm. You're going to know that something happened. It wasn't you. And he was like, okay. Okay. So was it just periodically like checking in on us to make sure we weren't also doing that? Yeah, because you guys were on the path. Saw? Is that mm -hmm. the same thing that we yeah. saw? Just me and her? Mm -hmm. So how come only she saw it at one point? I couldn't see it anymore. Highest I love nature, nature. At the time. Highest nature. Highest at the time. nature score at the time. I love nature. And I, uh, <laughs> I either had you guys roll perception or I went and did it for you. Uh -huh. mm. It was one of those times. There's a lot of times in the campaign where I'll just casually be rolling dice. 80% of the time is a bluff. I'm not doing anything. I'm just trying to freak everybody out. And then about 20% of the time, I'm just rolling to see who sees something. 
Sometimes I don't even do those. I'll just roll like a D6. Mm. Just be like one, two, three, four, five, six is re-roll. Kind of figure it out from there. Gotcha. Yeah, because I thought it would have had to do something with like our alignment or something like that. Mm -hmm. I, I, that's that's where my mind went well, immediately. Okay. I was like, wait, what happened to me that I can't see this no more? <laughs> yeah. like, What's that going it on? Was, uh, Why am I broken? <laughs> yeah, what broke yeah. me? It started as random where I was like, obviously I'm not going to let everybody see this. It's going to mm -hmm. be one or two of you. And then if you start to do violent acts or just kind of give in to more human tendencies, mm. you're not going to be able to see it anymore. And then sometimes Makes I would sense. just mess with you guys. Be like, yeah, you don't see it anymore. And you'd be like, no! Yeah, like, Why? yeah. And I'm like, I was like, what happened? Why am I broken? <laughs> <laughs> what did I eat you? <laughs> that was very cool, though. Uh, what was your favorite gym to run? Because I'm sure that all of those uh, got kind of first, tedious for you. Like the first for... time, was not Alluvia. If I had done Alluvia later, it would have been my favorite. But I didn't write down anything for consistency on Alluvia. So the mm -hmm. rings in everyone's challenge are different. Because they're just whatever I would say. And then I would say too many ahead and forget and not write it down. And be like, yeah, it goes up, down, up. And you guys are like, it was down, up, down, right? And I go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Um, <laughs> my favorite gym, hands down, was Nutri uh, because it was different for everybody. So shout out to Grammar Paladin for doing some fan art for us way, way back in the day of the Tatsas, like grizzled old older adventurers because um, that was initially going to be Nutri. I was going to mm. put all five of you in there together mm. in a group hallucination where CJ is the ruler of Team Rocket, Bentley's like kind of fallen on hard times going for the champion spot but didn't quite get it because it's all the stuff just out of your reach mm. and like milo goes back to his family and they completely disapprove of monty and they're like no i don't care what you did nothing matters and then phoebe i have no idea what to do to you <laughs> to scare you so i was like all your friends are dying i don't know what what's what what rattles you all your friends are freaked out right now you gotta so i was like nothing rattles you phoebe's unshakable <laughs> Bro, that would have been messed up because that's right when I met these guys. Mm -hmm. I'd have been like, wow, trauma dump. Real big. You, I mean, you met them walking out of the gym and they yeah. were like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I was like, group gym, you in? Uh, sure, I guess. Oh my God. Who are you people? All through this, you just have like your abusive dad chasing you down through everyone else's memories. Would have been horrifying. Yeah, that would have been scary. Yeah, it would have been awful. Yeah, Nutri was my favorite because it was different. Um, all the gyms was really brutal. I feel really bad still for the first three because Joel just got shafted every time by random chance. It's all right. Because I would, I would want so badly to be done with the gyms by the fourth or the fifth or the sixth or the seventh or the eighth try that I would start giving you like a free heal. I'm like, just do it. Please, for the love of God, do it. Yeah. Just win. <laughs> Please. Not to belittle anybody's successes. They still did very well without it. But yeah. it was becoming clear to me. I'm like, I'm gonna have to do this again. Well, and the thing is, another six hours of, of at the gym. I mean, I'm gonna kill someone. That's literally D and D, though. Is like someone can go in and mm -hmm. roll really well and beat it, and then somebody else can roll like crap, and it's just like there's yeah. nothing you yeah. can really do. That's kind of how it goes. The only reason sometimes I, rules are forgotten. The only reason I really <laughs> feel bad is I would forget rules for Joel specifically, or actively make his harder without intending to, because he would either go first or second. And the first one would go really well, so I would change it. And then I was like, I can't do that. Can't No no changes. No changes. No it has changing. to be the same. has to be the same. But that was me being inexperienced, trying to make it difficult or easy, depending on your team. Mm. And I was like, I need to just make a static challenge that you can then come back to yeah. and regroup. Right. 
Because I, I think it was after Wadalonga, I was like, I need to overhaul every gym from here on out. Because only Milo is getting just screwed out of a badge from just me. It's just me variants from like, oh yeah, the, the third challenge, yeah, you guys get a full heal. And Dole's like, I'm editing and one. I message her, like, how come they all get to heal in between? He's like, did you not? And like, I know I start the battle with one HP. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's going in with like one HP, one guy, you guys are all fresh. Like, sick, <laughs> let's do it. You're like, it was so easy. And Joel's like, how? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't know. How come your team just sucks? And he's like, because you're not letting me heal, man. <laughs> I was say, actively cheating. Poor Thalo, fucking run for your money though. That one's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Thalo was brutal, yeah. but that was the one that I had. I had some help from the Discord. Yeah, right. that one was right. probably that was. Yeah, that's the only one that I was like, fuck. That yeah, one. That was the closest sucked. one for me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Green Gate was awesome. I love that one. Mm -hmm. uh, Poor Thalo was is easily in my top, but that was. Yeah, Green Gate. <gasps> Green Gate running and then editing was my least favorite because it was the longest by design. I did all of them back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. yeah. And then I Olympia edited all of them in a row, so I just never felt like I was making <laughs> oh, progress. <laughs> and they're all like six hours. And I was like, oh. I'm like, I have 30 hours of Green Gate Gym to <laughs> slog through. Oh, no. And then I was like, oh, I hate it so much. And it's then terrible. right at the end, I go, okay, I go one more. <laughs> and then Joel goes, Monty's going to start his gym circuit. Yeah. And I went, <laughs> I go, I go, I owe you this, I owe you this, oh, no. I owe you this, I edited okay. all of them. He did all of his gyms. I, I did them all. So I, I was like... I didn't make him do it again. I was like, praise be. <laughs> so that's why, that's why Monty's gym circuit is like far and away higher quality. As <laughs> Joel came in fresh, was like, let's get some art in the background, let's make it sick. I was like, bricks. <laughs> bricks. It's gonna be bricks. Bricks and sniffles, that's what you're getting. Cool blue bricks. <laughs> oh man. I think this is another one I've asked before, but if you could add any Pokemon to the Tots respective teams, mm. what would they be and why? Like I mechanically you're like, oh, this would be super fun to watch them play with this. I have a cop out answer and then I have the actual things that I put in front of you guys in the hopes that specific Tots would catch. Mm -hmm. So my cop out answer is I would never wish anything upon you that you didn't catch. If you didn't catch it, I was never like, oh, come on. I was like, They okay, stalk you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. he, he chases you down holding a Pokeball. <laughs> catch me. Catch me. Break me to go. I mean, I do think like in a lot of scenarios that kind of like made us want to catch something when it was like, Oh, it like really has taken to Phoebe or to Milo. Yeah. And like they kind the, of. Yeah. Wim Pimble was, uh, was either meant to be for Milo or Phoebe. Just because I was like, What's I was up? like a fun little magic cat. Like they'll, yeah. they'll eat it up, and then he's doing tricks I with do. CJ, and you just went, boop. <laughs> it's like, guess what? This guy's cool. <laughs> I eat that shit. I went, all right, sure, man. Yeah. But in the end, I got what I wanted. When Pimble was traveling with you guys, I got a magical cat. That's yeah. what I wanted. Yeah. But yeah, I think that was. I'd have to pull up like the actual list of all seventy-three tots because there's a lot of you now. But yeah, I don't I don't think I particularly would like throw too many things at you guys with the intent that you would catch it. Wadsworth was a plant that I that was that was a seed that really paid off. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble. I'm gonna gamble right now that we land roughly where I want us to. <laughs> and Joel was like, I'm gonna catch this Psyduck, and I was like, Yes. 
It's like Wyman Coover is going to pay this guy to sit under a tree and be like, hey, listen, I have a message for this guy and it has to get there. <laughs> and he was going to have that message from a higher power that's like, listen, I think this kid's got some chops. Because as soon as you taught Wyman how to be a trainer, I set that arc in motion. And I was like, I'll figure out where it's going later. But right now I know I want Milo to kind of be the sort of like emissary between Pokemon and humans. And then you were taking your own arc that way anyway. And I was like, it's paying off, man. It's paying off. It's happening. Bro, that's betting green on the fucking roulette table. Yeah, like, on putting all your chips Because that was, that was, that was the same. Fucking, <laughs> was like, the same. Damn. Here if we go. Session. All my chips on green. It's red or black, sir. Yeah, green. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, sir. If it's not the same session, it's the same group of sessions with all of the predictions. Where I was like, I'm just going to throw stuff at the wall and yeah, see how many close. of these I can land. Yeah. Mm. And we got, we went three for three, baby. Yeah, and then crazy. long term, we went four for four. And I was like, yeah. Because I go, I can't force any of these to happen. But if they happen, it'll be really cool. And if not, you get like a final destination warning. Like, we better not have to happen. Oh, no. But a couple of them I knew were going to be fixed points in time, whether you were there or not. Gerhardt's house was always going to get bombed, mm. whether you went there or not. You just happened to go there. And I went, well, now you get to see it. And Pontiki's gonna hand you your glass. <laughs> and you guys are like, how did he do that? Yeah. He made us go. He made us go there. I go, no. No sticks right. on the carrots, babe. I was like, was I was like, hey, this guy kind of knows some that stuff. That was definitely one of the cooler top level of the whole thing. Bo show. What's the uh, biggest thing that happened to the Laris region that we never learned about? Biggest thing that happened to the Laris region that you never learned about? Yeah, like if you've got plates spinning in the background, we never pull on that thread, so it causes this thing to happen, and we just never... <laughs> Everything finish. in Alufia. Yeah. There was so yeah, much. we really didn't. <laughs> and then we left! Well, the thing is, There were like... so many... Let me, let me rephrase. I had probably 31 sentence hooks mm. of possible adventures because I wanted it to feel like a huge city. Great. So when you guys left, I didn't lose a ton of work or progress. I learned not to do that. But I was like, okay, here's like 30 plot hooks. We'll see where it goes. Mm. You had like the, the undercover groups. You guys could have learned about some privateer stuff in advance. Mm. You guys could have learned, like dug into Deacon Halsey and figured out the corruption there. You've got the Bureau of Discovery. You've got Dino and Ernie. Um, but yeah, there was a huge, just a massive Team Rocket syndicate in Alluvia. And I was like, I wonder if we'll ever do anything with this. And you guys go to Alluvia and I go, yeah, there's Team Rocket grunts everywhere. You guys are like, we got to get out of here immediately. We have to go. And I was like, that sent the wrong message. Well, it wasn't wasn't the first time a lot Whoops. of CJ like, hey, we gotta we gotta get out of here. Uh -huh. And yeah. then the second time was after he had like revealed to us that he was a runaway mm -hmm. Team Rocket member, Indeed. and we were like, oh, okay, so we do need to stay we, away from it. Yeah. So it was like we had incentive to protect CJ mm -hmm. over and get out yeah. exploring yeah. the Team Rocket city. Yeah. There's no there's no love lost from me. I yeah. threw a little homage in the second uh, second part siege. I threw a little bit in there. Uh, with the Sviper room, mm. but that was supposed to be, I talked about it in that session, but we were supposed to have Robbie come in and he was going to come in cold and I was going to give him an informant to play and his name was Raylan because Robbie likes Justified and I was like, yeah, this would be perfect. <laughs> so we were going to have Officer David, big callback because everybody's like, where's Officer David? And I was like, Officer David works on the other side of town. There was like 
10,000 people that live here there's more than one cop <laughs> <laughs> no we want officer david the, officer the, david yeah. i but don't even know who officer david yeah. is kid there's yeah. like 20 officer davids there's 20 yeah. davids so <laughs> we had department. a we, we had know. i put in the Viper room as like a little homage to that's where that's where like Gotham City exists, mm. basically. You've got everybody schmoozing with everybody. You've got the mayor, the chief of police, you've That's got cool. Carmine Falcone and the penguin, they're all drinking together, hanging out. And then they leave and they all pretend to be enemies. But then in Alluvia, you just have all those big players. But it didn't make sense to push that plot hook on you guys because you're 12. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, you want to go to the secret room. tobacco bar? Well, <laughs> and I, like, now? I think that's also the Not reason really? why we didn't end up pulling on those threads. Is like we were kind of taking the unwritten th or the unsaid things of like, this is maybe too dangerous for you guys. And that was like one of the instances where we were actually like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to just going for it which we usually did yeah. every I time you just got a lot more daring later we, on yeah, I, yeah. I think part of it yeah. too is players having just done the first right of learning in a gym we're like there's more of these we gotta go to another one like yeah. now and that again, was so cool let's go where's the next gym now yeah again as much as I might talk about some of these hooks and get really excited and it seems like oh he's probably so bummed you didn't do that like no because the game wouldn't have been what it is if you guys had gone after that, it would yeah. have been a completely different. When, when did the campaign. moon become like the big bad? Uh, when were you guys in Xantha and saw the Clefairies? <laughs> Are you serious? Was that connected? Yeah. Hell oh yeah. shit! Hey. I was like, I'm just gonna give a little homage. I know roughly what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to do something with, with like Eldritch magic and the moon. I don't know what yet, and I go, I know Clefairies would probably be messing around with that. And I go, I want to give them something so irresistible to mess with, but that they know they can't. So I'm like, yeah, they got a pentagram on the floor, they got a book, and they're like a drum-bounded skin. And you're like, well, what are you going to do? You're going to bang on the drum and read the book and stand on the pentagram. Everyone would do that. We're going to shut the door close. Yeah, yeah. we're going to shut and the door and leave gonna, them to their own thing. Uh -huh. We're going to mess with that. So they were, they were just communing. But Tito was, Tito was a breakaway. Tito didn't want to be a part of it, so Tito was like, "I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go stop you." And they went, "Good luck, <laughs> you nerd." We've already but opened they, the moon. Cool. Um, had you guys stuck around long enough or kind of messed around, you'd have seen a behemoth. They would have pulled a behemoth through, and they would have been communing. Dang, you wouldn't have known what they were saying, but <laughs> right, sure. you'd have seen a behemoth pop in there. Did was it ever confirmed nor denied about Spencer and Xantha if he was like ghosts? And oh, stuff he was like 100 percent dead. Okay, oh. he was a ghost the entire time. Yeah. Mm. Same uh, with like his dad and everything like that too, mm -hmm. like the whole shebang because of all the Milo yep. stuff. Mm -hmm. wow. Literal ghost town, bro. Yep. All of that was there, and and Milo saw it, and he was like, "I'm not gonna tell him." And I was like, "Good, don't." I was like, "Yeah, have a secret arc, go for it." Yeah. Who was your favorite NPC to play? Um, I don't know. I liked a lot of them for various reasons. I Remy and Rosalie were the two that I really dug into the most. Partly because you guys made Remy, so I really, like, was inspired to kind of dig into that. Because it wasn't just a name that I came up with on the spot. And well, I was like, oh, who that was, that was also probably one of my top three favorite parts of the campaign was like, hey, you guys have Wanalonga heard of Wanalonga, safe. what mm -hmm. do you know about it? And oh, just, yeah. like, opening it up to us of, like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, we can kind of, like, define where we're going to go because, like, we live in the region, so it's like we would mm -hmm. have heard stuff. So then being able to flesh that out with all of our collective ideas was really fun. Yeah, that's that's why Watalonga was always my favorite place to it, go. It made exploration a lot more fun, too, because it was like so-and-so knows like their thing is going to be here. So it's like the whole group is like, okay, mm -hmm. let's go see that. And then it's like, okay, let's go see this other thing. Because then it feels less like exploration and more like 
hey, I've heard of this restaurant. Let's go. Yeah. And then you like, guys are remembering the world instead of discovering it in front of you. Yeah, the exploration of Alluvia was kind of like, maybe we should pump the brakes on this. It seems a little dangerous. And Xantha was just balls to the wall. Let's turn over every stone because... We will find every secret in this godforsaken desert. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I was like, there's only like four. And funny enough, like everything in Xantha was basically trying to kill us too. So it wasn't like it was all that different. I wanted you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's like, I made everything kill you. Like, necrotic ratatas. They're going to take away your stats forever. Like, oh, you want to go to the I was like, go anywhere store? else. <laughs> go anywhere else, please. <laughs> No, a lot of stuff in Xantha was just kind of experimenting. I was like, what can I throw at you that I would test the waters? I'm like, yeah, it's a Rattata, you can kill it one shot. Or you'll catch the plague, and you'll have to deal with that. And I was like, yeah, maybe if they get the plague, they'll leave Xantha. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> if they could track scurvy that's it. I mean it was one of the first moments where we were like oh shit like this could yeah, be hairy think, if we make yeah. the wrong decisions yeah. we dipped that was, quick that was, it's a great moment in the game it's like oh it's Ratatouille let's kill him for XP okay he bites you I need you to make a con save why for <laughs> what for, for what and you save and I go, okay, your stats don't drop by one. What? We gotta go. Run. Call everyone back. Get out of here. Run. I think Scatter, was, get to the door. I think that was the first oh, time we ever ran from an enemy. Yeah. Because cause we faced down and then the, the ghost starters we faced down. Mm -hmm. But the Ratatas, we were all like, <laughs> I just really, Let's not do this one. I, I have a nasty bad. habit of taking the easiest enemy you can fight and making them so much uh, tougher than they need so to be. It was so sick, bro. Like, I really want that to be a regional variant Ratata love... that's just like a playground. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because I love throwing kobolds at players that have heavy crossbows on the sharpshooter feet. Ooh, so they still have like five snap. hit points, but they can hit you for like 27 damage. Yeah. So they're like, and they get launched back like 10 feet. You go, oh, you dumb kobold. You're on death saves. And they're like, oh, yeah. what? You just, just got to subvert it every now and then. Not all the time. but. Uh, how many over the years, yeah. different endings did you like have? Where you're like, oh, I think this is how it's going to end. Then we did something. You're like, <laughs> okay, this is how I think it's going to end now. And was there a favorite that didn't happen? Uh, yeah, there's a favorite that didn't happen. I don't have a I don't have a hardcore number because every week you guys would do something, and I would go, "Oh no, that could work. Mm. I can see it." Um, I talked about it a little bit after the emissary, but the ending I was really hoping for, but was never gonna force, was there was a reason you guys got three Ambrosias and no more, is I was gonna have everybody live up to CJ's vision where all of you have these supernatural abilities and one of you was going to have to die and the other four were going to have to kill them because you would grow too strong in your own ways. Mm. But Phoebe was going to be the great equalizer, where as long as she survived, mm. she would be protected and insulated from the negative energies of the four of you. Because mm. I was going to have waves start to corrupt you if you continued to kind of use it for violence mm. instead of it being like, yeah, I'm lawful nature. It was going to start being like, hey. Stab them. It'd be a lot easier if that guy was dead. Yeah. Don't you think? Much easier to uphold the law if all the criminals are dead. And it was going to start to be like kind of chaotic mm. and kind of pushing you into that darker side. And if CJ had gone just a little bit further with the tombstone, a little bit further, he would have he been a case of on occasion you're a DM-controlled PC that just lashes out at the nearest thing. Um, and you would just be unleashing ghosts on everything around you, and everywhere that you went would have been left worse for it, but you would get stronger. Holy moly. And then we were going to have Bentley and Helios, 
just raining meteors down on the lunar invasion, and it would have been, hey, that fight was super easy, but you glassed like 60 miles of just scorched earth, and then everybody would know that Bentley did that. And they would have been like, we gotta kill him. And then if they kill him, then suddenly you have Helios out there, you can Ambrosia Bentley, and then you guys will fight Helios. Mm. So Helios was envisioned as one of the potential end bosses, and you blew him up at the moon, and I was so impressed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh my god, he's taking him to the moon! Oh like, no! To the moon. Bentley probably would have been a lot easier to kill than an amalgam. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy, or a Maybe. lecture. <laughs> but yeah, the... Uh, that was that was kind of the end I had in mind. It was gonna be possible for you guys to not give into those darker urges, but keep those crazy powers. It would have been kind of tricky, but if you guys had come up with a way to do it, I was gonna let it happen. Mm. But there were a lot of cases where I was like, I don't know what this can do yet. Um, I'm gonna let them set the boundaries for what they're willing to do. But I gave CJ 1,200 humanity, and I rolled a d20 every time you use stuff. You were at 1,022. Wow. And I was like, oh every time you're like, I flip on my eyes, I'm like, <laughs> okay. <That's, laughs> we're climbing higher. That's very lot. close. You're having a lot. Yep. <laughs> that's a cool way to do it behind the scenes, too. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Some, if you did something like really big, I'd roll a d100. Ooh. But. Sometimes they're just like, yeah, it's like a D6. Who cares? But you were at 1022. And I was like, oh my God, he's going, he's going too far, dude. That's why I, I had Ridgemont show up and be That's like, hey, fair. you should probably get this away from him or CJ's going to die or just lose his character. That's fair. But I was like, you can't force him to give it to you. He has to give it to you willingly. So you have to persuade him. And he was like, I can do that. And then he didn't even do that. And he goes, yeah. he goes, listen here, you little, you little dumb dumb. No, you have to, you have to, you have to be able to negotiate. Yeah. You're stupid. Give me it. Yeah, yeah. He well, goes, boy, listen he, to me. Yeah, he goes, I can do it. Yeah, yeah. And then he just, he just used to uh, use a little, listen, convince yeah. him, please. Use a little finesse. You got to use finesse. But, but it was perfect because you guys are are so good at being at each other's throats and not meaning it. So I was like, you guys, you'll get through it, no problem. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the best was um, the episodes that we did inside Ridgemont Manor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are fun. Those felt like the the most like traditional D and D that we got to. I think in the whole span of the campaign, and I had a bunch of recovered memories from that session, like. Like, the people just dancing endlessly in the ballroom, mm -hmm. like, oh shit, and like, being trapped in a room with no door, and it's just yes, like, good God. luck getting out. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that, like, mini arc. It was, yeah, it was supposed to be a lot longer. <laughs> it was not supposed to be two sessions. And it was supposed to be like nine. was like, Jordan, just give him the thing so we can keep going. It, it, was <laughs> it was supposed to be like nine, but the two of you were so persuasive, and you were so close. Everybody that's been razzing me the whole time, <laughs> you, you you took CJ's power away, and I go, he said the phrase. I didn't. Yeah, I would I like to it. open a door, and I said, what kind of door? And you were like, a normal door. A normal door? And I was like, ah, oh. because if you had done that, it would have collapsed Ridgemont Manor. Ooh. We could have had you guys like break out. And then Ridgemont Manor is no longer a thing. So Lord Ridgemont is now just in the world and hates you, <laughs> but can't actively kill you. And then he's suddenly manipulating the strings of a lot of other organizations, hunting you guys down. And then it would have culminated in him reopening the manor, 
and just bringing you guys in there, and then you would have had to fight him on his terms, but mm. then the reward is you get Ridgemont Manor as a whole instead mm. of Wilhelm Manor, mm. which Ridgemont Manor has no limits. It yeah. can do everything. And can make Damn. anything. Morgan yeah. Kanan's magical mansion. That would have been nice. It was going to be... Mansion. It, it was around the time I got the Curse of Strahd book, and I was like, Ridgemont could be my Strahd. He could be my vampire lord. Yeah. But you guys were too persuasive. It just worked immediately. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Devin and T are better vampire persuaders. All of my friends are going, you're going to die. Just do it. Uh, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I told, I told both of them, I said... He can't leave with the tombstone, and I said, "Don't give him the tombstone." Those are those are irreconcilable. One of you is going to have to give. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, I don't know who it's going to be. Have at it." I just get to sit back and watch the fireworks. That was wild. But yeah, I was I was really looking forward to you guys having opportunities to break away from Ridgemont as he tries one on one to persuade, mm. and then the other four of you could have been looking around for a way out. And it would have been this big, like, fun house where he's just kind of toying with you. Right. Because he's like, I hold all the power. Why would I Why would I lose my cool? Right. But you guys are too persuasive. <laughs> that was still fun, though. But it probably worked out for the best because <laughs> I don't yeah. know how much Papa would have wanted to come in and, and play. <laughs> just every week for nine he weeks. He would have been like, give me the rock, boy. Yeah. <laughs> give it over. And you would have been like, no, it's mine. <laughs> No, I'm not going to give it to you because I want it. <clears throat> Never. You're a dick. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I've I have one last question. Yeah. Uh, how how much of Ragnarok did you like transfer over or were going to use? Um, I took that took some heavy liberties. I wasn't going to use any of it and then I was like, "No, why would I limit it? It's this, you know, same world, roughly the same timeline. I'll make some changes." But I was like, this is just the timeline that continued after Ragnarok, where Pokemon existed. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, it would make sense to me then that this is where Refusul would have pulled everybody. But obviously they can't keep their same names because you would have to change your name over and over and over again. But Perseus, Griff, and Elmar only lived so long, but long enough to start families and, mm. and progress. So that's where Ediola suddenly got flushed out of like, well, Griff's, Griff's people would probably be up there and... And on and on from there. So I probably took, if I had to put a number on it, maybe like 40% of Ragnarok. I picked and chose a few things that I really liked and left behind anything that didn't quite work out or wouldn't fit anymore. Cool. Yeah. When was the deciding factor of like, hey, magic, he go. <laughs> uh, I was getting bored. I'll, I'll be honest. I got, I got DM burnout probably six times over the course of the campaign. I was like, I don't know what to do. Mm. Like I genuinely... I'm like, I've come up with every encounter I could. And I'll go, well, shake something up. Put a magic lock in there. What does it open? I don't know. We'll figure it out together. <laughs> it's a mystery box. What's in there? I'm probably a Gengar. I don't know. Why is he in there? Ah, he's a bad guy. Someone, <laughs> someone put him in jail. And then you figure it out. And then you guys have this key. And then you found the mime. And I was like, oh. I've just watched the blockbuster film It. <laughs> We're about to go crazy. <laughs> Have you seen that? There's like a someone on Etsy. I don't know how they get away with it, but they sell like 3D printouts of Pokemon that they then color and they cost like thousands of dollars. It's absurd. But there's one that they made that's uh, Mr. Mime as Pennywise and he's holding a, a Drifloon, but it's a red balloon. It's so oh, sick. Yeah. I like, that is heavy Arlequino energy. I love Mr. Mimes. I love them because they're so terrifying. 
There was well, one the in that Stetson Farms. It, yes, it's absolutely Because there was one in Stetson Farms that could do what Arlecchino did, where anything he mimed would happen. So opening the licky-licky and coming out his belly like he's a door was what the mime at Stetson Farms could do. And the mime that was here couldn't do that. And I went, no, it's way more fun if he can. And I, I was going to be kind of chill, but Phoebe... <laughs> goes yeah <laughs> and I was like you're playing by his rules anything goes that was awesome it was so good it's kind of funny thinking back on that now because that's kind of like Wilhelm Manor before Wilhelm Manor it's like I create my own rules like this is how we're gonna play and it's yeah. like that's how the manor works like that's kind of like yeah a nice little Easter egg, but like not intentionally connected. Yeah, it's just kind of how you. Because after you after it cause, I needed yeah. a I needed a bad guy that could do more things. Yeah. So I was like, I'm just gonna make Arlequino the guy that can do anything. Yeah. But you can also do anything to him. Anything goes. But <laughs> then you're like, I want to make a barrel of pure darkness. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, that's just a barrel with a lid. <laughs> that's just a barrel with a lid. As soon as you open it, it's a full of darkness. No, 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 like dark type I didn't say all of my ideas were hits. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. I, I had a few gold moments. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but... all of them were gold, but some of them were useful. I mean, we have its feet was still gold. It was just not Don't, a smart thing. Don't worry, guys. I'll handle this. Law. We have its feet. And I was like, you're going to have to come with us. You have the, the feet of a creature. I don't care what happened. You're going, we have questions. I've got some mime questions. Yeah, uh, I, have on the mime. I have some mime answers. Uh, any fun behind the scenes details about your heist of all of our key pieces? Um, everything happened in camera. I didn't cheat on any of them. Was mine when I rolled poorly and thought the shadow in my room was Howl? <laughs> yeah. It was brutal. And you were like, this is fine. And he was like, is it? I'll be taking that. Thank you. And then Bentley's is when he fished it up. Every time he showed you a key piece, you guys immediately looked for where you kept your key piece. Mm. All you had to do was anything else. <laughs> he was just baiting it out because you fish up the key piece to my pocket. And he goes, Thank There you. it is. <laughs> he's, he's talking to CJ. There's a key piece in the dirt. It's still in my bag. Uh, oh my God. He's talking. He, he shows up in the corner of Phoebe's eyes. It's in my bag. Okay, it's in my bag. And I was like, How many times are you going to do this? I will and the answer is all four all the time. And you never told D anything about him. I mean, so no. you guys were hallucinating the mime. And D's like, what's up, guys? What's, what's going on? And he I was will like, say, Drew, Drew told me this like off camera, off stream. He's like, this is kind of like what the idea was. And I was like, that's fucked up. And he was like, but they played right into it. And I was like, yeah. I was like, totally the mime can really show you. So many things. Mm -hmm. He can't hurt you in the state he's in, but he can make it look like he's gonna. Mm -hmm. yeah. So all he has to do is go, I found your keepies. And you go, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, it's still right here. And I was like, oh, baby, no. But what, what is the other, like, there's no other logical response than to check to see if your keepies is still there. Yeah. As, yeah. Like, you're not just going to be like, mm, well, you're not going to get and, it. Well, unless you're Phoebe and you pull out a magic lasso and you're like, I'm going to get my keepies back and <laughs> yeah. react. Because, like, if you had reached out there's to other grab options. the mime or, like, grab for the key, yeah. it would have just disappeared into well, smoke. The, but the other part of it mm, was, like, you, mm -hmm. like, 
in my case, like fishing up the key, and then I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, and it's like, oh, it's still on my necklace. So uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm good. But then that's, it's like, he took it later. Yeah, because that's the gut instinct. Yeah. Right. He didn't take them then. He just wanted to know where you kept your key. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And at that point, it's, I'll just wait till you that's sleep. what I mean, is like, mm-hmm. you're not going to react it's in hard any other way than to check yeah. that it's still there. Oh, I, it's like, oh, I know. That's why I did it. <laughs> right. That's yeah. why I, I did it too. I would have done the same thing. It worked once, and I went, I'm going to try again. I'm saying I fully fell for it. Yeah. Had I been thinking better, there were other options. like, I was like, do I have to change up my strategy? <laughs> no. <laughs> fall for fall, baby. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, they're so paranoid about the mime that they keep just being like, do you still have your key piece? Yeah. And the mime's like... There okay. is one chill mime, and that's Ash Ketchum's mom's mime. Yeah, uh, chill in the sense that he's banging Ash's mom, I guess. But Ash's it's mom like a helper. His dad's gone. What do you want? Uh-huh. Oh my god. <laughs> that took a turn. Yeah. He's uh, goofy. He's helping her. He's goofy. He's quirky. <laughs> Quirky. And now so dead. I'm for real. <laughs> He's quirky. He's well, dead. now he deserves to die. No, yeah. <laughs> for violating his mom. Wow. How Jesus. do you imagine Arlequino discovered <laughs> lunar corruption and abilities? Um, so I don't have to imagine it. Um, he was working in the facility for both Privateers and Team Rocket. It was uh-huh. kind of their midway liaison at that facility. He was not the head of it until you blew it up and killed the guy that was. <laughs> And he was like, ah, perfect. Now I can take over. A promotion. But he had been discovering that a bunch of Clefairies were just communing with the moon. And he was like, interesting. And then you blew up the facility, and a lot of his work burned up, but he still knew something was going on. And then he, you killed him, and you cut him into little bits. And his, his ghost, because he had been doing a lot of weird experiments, his ghost was like, I'm going to start looking for that thing. It just took its time being dead, messing with you guys, mm. communing with the Lunark, and was like, I want the power to ruin these children's lives. They destroyed my life's work, they killed me, and then they tried to banish me. I will take everything from them. And the Lunark goes, well, here you go. Here's some eldritch power, but when you die, you're mine. And I get to use your energy to bring about my my <laughs> rebirth. And he was like, done, sold, where do I sign? And then he did. Mm. And that's why that fight was so hard. Because he was like, I want the power to kill these children, and I don't care what I have to give yeah. to get it. Yeah. And the Lunark was like, love me a devoted follower. Here's everything I have. You want an AC of 25? You got it, buddy. It's only going to last a couple rounds, but, you know, kill him quick. Where does the, where does, uh, what's-her-face come into play with Arlequina? Kaya. Oh, Kaya. Kaya. Yes. Oh, she was a plant. What do you mean? In the in what regard? She was sitting in Beaversby because that's where you guys were headed, and they knew you guys were headed that way. So she sat in there and waited, and goes, "If I let slip that maybe there's a ghost teacher here, maybe they'll come talk to me, and maybe CJ will give me the tombstone, which by rights was mine. I can be back at full power, and I'll be doing the kids a favor by getting a dangerous relic away from them, and had." Had that fight not broken out, it would have been much deadlier. That fight could have been a TPK. I was worried going into it. But everybody wow. always gives flack to Milo for killing Kaya, and Milo didn't kill Kaya. I killed Kaya. I made Kaya die to Howl and Derby's kind of skullduggery and having that fight break out. But I told Milo in that moment, 
she's muttering something under her breath and the way that she's moving her hand, she's very clearly doing something and there's some energy swirling around her. You should probably intervene. And then everyone's like, Mule killed Kaya. She was an innocent professor. And I go, no, she was summoning well, the those doppelgangers to kill you. You tried to just handcuff her basically first, right? And then yeah. the yes. roll failed and then it was like, all right, yep. now she's on to you. He Bye. tried everything he could to not do that. And then Howell crit to kill her with a super effective attack. You know. So I killed her with that information. So Milo caught a, a bunch of flack that early <clears throat> for just random luck. He just happened to get the kill with Howell. But no, Kaya was never supposed to be helpful or good, which is why she was never helpful while she was in your hand. She was so frustrated. It was just like... <laughs> The she was like, time. I don't know. Why don't like, you tell me what it. you want? God damn it, Drew. I'm a ghost. <laughs> Every day I was just like, God damn it. I would, I would love to help <laughs> you, but I'm dead. So, so Kai and Arlecchino had no connection to each other. She other just than saw serving the same master, no. Oh, no. they served the same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then it was, she just saw a good opportunity. She was, bound, she was bound with the grave tender and yeah. sought a way out of that pact. Mm -hmm. She goes, I don't want to do this anymore. And the Lunark goes, I can get you out of the pact. No okay. problem. Sign here. Gotcha. So she pretty much just saw an opportunity while Arlequina was doing something to get what she wanted. So uh -huh. they kind of just they were uh, at the right point. <laughs> yep. They were a marriage of opportunity. They were like, hey, I hate those kids. I hate those kids too. Let's kill those kids. Let's do it. And then they were like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's we'll go kill together. those kids. And then pretty the bartender just showed up like, so I'm right here. Yep. Don't worry about they, it. So the grave tender <laughs> was there not to intervene because yep. he can't. He can't get involved in those fights. He's not allowed to usher someone closer to their death. He's supposed to shepherd you from one life to the next. And he never did that. He was just awful at his job. That's why he's a Gengar now. <laughs> he just sucks. They were like, no, you're terrible at this. <laughs> but he was there as an NPC vessel for you guys while you had the box. Which, had you not acted as fast as you did, would have been much worse. But there were ways to open that without destroying everything. And the grave tender was there to help you do it, but mm -hmm. in so doing was then going to also try to bargain with you and get another bit of leverage of like, hey, I'll help you open the box. But why don't you give it to me? Mm. I'll take it. I'll get your friends out, but then I'll have it. Right. And then it's a case of like, well, can we trust him to have that? And the answer is no. <laughs> no, you can't. Absolutely do not. Um, <laughs> did you have any CJ and Team Rocket plans? I did, yeah. They were all in Lupia. <laughs> At least all of the initial kind of bouts. Had you like gone and sought out Scarlet in person, mm -hmm. um, that was meant to be Cordelia initially. Ah. Scarlet, the red hair, all that. And then I went, nah, it's kind of lame if it's a little on the nose. Sure. So I was like, it's somebody else now. But that's a handle that then I imagine that maybe Euphemia would have taken up so that she could then covertly send you information sure. while still working there and then could claim ignorance. Be like, I don't know who that is. Makes sense. Mm. I got no clue, but she's the she's the tech genius, sure. so it would be easy enough for her to <clears throat> kind of cheat around there. Herself. That's mm. pretty tight. Yeah. Mm. So I had a couple ways to do it, and then Theo Jr., I was like, yeah, it's been long enough since we've messed with your family. I better send somebody after you. Sure. I'll put him in the kill squad, and then you guys... <laughs> and then we kill let the kill squad. Sage, Sage let Celebi in through various means, and he was like, I'm going to rip you in half. <laughs> Somebody tear me apart. <laughs> but like literally, I'm going to tear you. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. use I'm gonna use a tree as a fulcrum and I'm gonna pull you in half. I'm gonna yeah, split was, you like was... a piece of paper. Yeah. 
those badass. That was a pretty savage fight. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. definitely it, was. And it came from the, just the chillest team member. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to freak him out, I think, with this. But here we go. You did. You succeeded. Yep. <laughs> Poor little Sage. Being a little nasty. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much it on my end. Yeah. I don't have too much, man. I mean... I, I'm also the kind of person I like a little bit of mystery, like the whole like, well, what if this happened, or I wonder what. Yeah, that yeah would a lot of out. a yeah. lot of what ifs I don't have an answer for. Right, but which is, I'm trying to yeah. stay away from. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like, can try, but my favorite one is always, what happens if they go to Route 102 instead of 103? We never meet Devin. We just we don't because we go to Green Gate, we meet his NPC <laughs> first, and then we uh, don't reach out because the circumstances aren't such that we're doing Ragnarok and go, oh, this guy lives nearby, I want to reach out to him. Would have never happened if they go to Green Gate first, because that thought mm. would have never popped into the brain. Mm -hmm. Just wouldn't have happened. Yeah, my my character originally, man, wasn't supposed to be anything crazy. He's supposed to be a weird little hermit kid that is just likes to tinker with stupid random stuff. D existed before Perseus, and I was like, be interesting. Mm -hmm. I couldn't think of a last name. Everybody at Blackwater came to my mind. I was like, I'll just name him Blackwater because this was just originally Captain Perseus. You guys both had like these like crazy last names. I was like, gotta throw something in there. Last minute decision. I said Blackwater, and I was like, wait, isn't that the N the NPC I gave Drew? And I was like, that won't turn out to be anything. <laughs> and then they're like, hey, you want to come play? And I'm like, this is a thing now. Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't gonna be much connection. And then you were like, I used the same last name, and I go, okay. And you go, is there any connection? I go, nah, probably not. And I was like. There work on a connection. You you work on Find a way to get Perseus through time and space. <laughs> Maybe a trident. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So, yeah, it, it wasn't supposed to be anything. Because I'm very much the person that I love traumatic. I love trauma. I love traumatic backstories. Trauma is what gets people going and motivated or tries to get things going and what connects them to people easier. And being as somebody who used to watch you guys, I'm like, ah, oh, they've all experienced some sort of trauma. And I was like, I'll give my character a little sauce. sauce. A little too much sauce, yeah. I think, at some point. Too saucy. <laughs> <laughs> two scoops of kindness. Oh, no. I poured all so. the grief stew in there. Yeah. Chemical X. But yeah. It was a lot of fun. Crazy. True. Crazy, crazy, yes, man. It was. it was very fun. Very good times. Yep. Yeah. TNOs. Well uh, I had a whole thing written where Milo also gets married and has children and uh, backspace. Yeah, <laughs> I was that, devastated. I mean, Delayed. You fell into the trap, man. You Delayed. did it before it was written, and then yeah. You're... I I, tough, I I think I said it last time in the post show, but I told Drew too. My ultimate objective in the final fight was for my team to survive, like all of us, me included. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm -hmm. I like when we strategize at the table the night before, so you were doing stuff and you're like, oh, I'm going to do runes. And I'm like, oh, we got Gleek with this three AC. I strategically put my team members in the safest spots because I was mm -hmm. like, my character is selfish. His team <laughs> is going to make it. Yeah. He and his team are going to make it. And I was like, it's going to work. And I had a Didn't feeling going in it was not going to go well, and it would have been a TPK if not for Milo protocol. For I sure. I yeah. do think the only other option was like done it. go to the ship, and then we're here for another nine hours, so. and it's like three if, in the morning. So here's what I'll say: is <laughs> the I'm gonna roast you guys for a second. I have to. That's fine. Yeah. The you battle do. strategy from the fields in was akin in my mind to the Battle of Winterfell. <laughs> We're going to put the trebuchets on the front line, then the cavalry <laughs> right behind them, and then the infantry over here in front of a pit. And I was great. like, 
Gang. Gang. <laughs> Gang. Put the ships on the first wave uh -huh. and load all of your weakest teammates on there to either fire more cannons or fire themselves. Gun down the swarm with the ships. Yeah. Would have been great. Put the water behind so anything that does get through is then also funneled. So you have that network. Then you put Ansem with all of your sonic cannons. So phase two is bottleneck the lurchers. They have to come in here. You're hitting them every turn. They're stunned and they're dead. While the cannons are shooting the swarm. Gunning through everybody. I was like, they can totally do this. Fields are like... Oh, We're just in like two groups of ranch hands. And I was like, oh no! I mean, it was a, it was a lot of ignoring the, the swarm to our death. Yes. Basically. Yeah, like I even said off camera, like I even took the to being like, I messed up. I should have been firing the ships on the swarm like mm -hmm. the entire time. But it I was, was like, it was we, a case I'm not going to help you yeah. with your strategy because right. I want it to be yours. Yes. But I was like, yes. kill the swarm, kill the swarm, kill the swarm, kill the swarm. Because you guys did in Greengate alone, and then I think. Potentially in Hillmouth also. You guys did about 11,000 damage to the swarm, which is great. But they and also then had in a lot lower HP, didn't they? Yeah, they had one at the yeah, time. They had yeah. One. yeah, they did a You did a ton of damage. But I I just factored that in same way. Yeah. So the HP was still the same. It yeah. didn't matter because they had 50,000 hit points to start. They had 10,000 for each of you. And I went, that seemed, this should be enough. And there's a reason we did Alluvia part two. Because yeah. I go, that's not enough. <laughs> need a little more, and then Aluvia got you there because David did the crazy rollover cool. maneuver with the car, and yeah. I was like, "That's a good idea." <laughs> and you guys so lucky. It's like the point oh one six chance or whatever to never yeah. hit an that ally with that was hundreds nuts. of bullets. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, we still wouldn't have won without everybody there. Yeah, like, every point of damage that you guys did along the way made it so that you guys could do what you did. Yeah, because if you didn't do. Every point of damage that you did, there is a strong chance that even with that gambit, yeah, half or more of you are dead. Like I couldn't have done what I did to the lurchers; they would have just absorbed me. Yeah, because the most yeah. the most damage you're doing to them is a hundred. Yeah, yeah. But point stands; it would have been a TPK if not for mm -hmm. that, because they were just yeah. Yeah. Whack, whack, whack. Like, yeah. all right, Everything, things are on death saves. Yeah. Two things are already dead. Like, yeah, it, I'm just saying, like, it would have been a TPK without. Phoebe's runes, the ships, sure. yeah. Gluke's setup. Like stuff. without any yeah. of that, it would have been a TPK. Yeah, like, it, well, uh, yeah, and it was anyway. That was had point. the had <laughs> yeah. the littler no, dudes. We won. That, yeah, we had won. the had the guys that just had to dodge the whole time. If they had just stuck on the ship and waited so that when you were falling back, they mm. ran out fresh. Right, would have been fine. Yeah, but those were things that I couldn't just tell you because I didn't want you to think I was like. This is the only way to win. Right. But I had like four or five different ways to go, I bet you guys could do it. And then you guys were like, we have Gluk's Rain Rangers. We got this. And I go, oh, dang. Okay. This is a great strategy. It's really good. But those swarm hits. Yeah. Round over round. Yeah. If, I, if we didn't We're also that really stacked, high rolls, yeah. which sucked. But the, the stacking to. From, dude, from Green us. Gate, the, the first, you guys, you, I think you killed like two commanders. And I was like, Oh, they're so screwed. <laughs> Download! Ah, who cares? We'll deal with it later. I was like, <laughs> no, dude, no. Because without a download, they're hitting you for one. Mm. And then they get a download, they hit you for two. Right. And they get a download, they hit you for three. So by right. the time you got to stage three, they're hitting you for like seven to 14. Yeah. You're like, yeah. 
oh, they got really strong. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. But, you know, you did it, to be fair. Yeah. You did it. We, we succeeded. Did it. We did. Yeah. And if you count Fang as a rebirth, mm -hmm. then we only lost Venusaur, and that's pretty solid. I don't even remember that. I thought all the Blues team made it out. I don't no, Venusaur, yeah, Venusaur went down, like, right before the... Prime Mind Resurgence. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Right before. Yeah, I had forgotten that. It was a bummer. It was barely. Yeah. It was like, oh, they got like, like eight hit points and they got crit. And I was like, oh, mm. you did. Yeah. But they went down in a volley. So it was like, done. It's like, ah, it sucks. Oh, well. True. Rip to you. Unfort. But yeah, man, I ain't got, I ain't got nothing else. Yeah. Just that this was freaking awesome yes yeah. and there will be there will be more of these in some capacity um especially when we open it up to the audience a lot of them will probably be in the old professor's lab style or just be me kind of monologuing to camera but any any like player specific questions and stuff i'm gonna leave that door open until the end of time but yeah thanks everybody good job good job to all of you your epilogues uh... are really cool and uh We'll see you for the next one. Wink, wink, hint, hint. If you enjoyed the final episode of Boarding Party's first campaign, please consider leaving a like on the video to show your support. If you'd like to see more of Boarding Party and stay up to date on everything we've been working on, why not subscribe to the channel? If you'd like to help us out in other ways, you can follow the links in this video's description box to our Patreon. From there, you can join the discussions in our Discord servers, or check out the post-shows still rolling to get a recap of every session with myself and the crew. Let us know in the comments below what you thought about the campaign, and be sure to let us know your most burning questions now that we've reached the end. Thank you so much for watching throughout the years. You've all been a wonderful community, and we're so happy we got to share this story with each and every one of you. But this is not goodbye. We'll see you in the next story. <laughs>